podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a Two house. house on the hill. Two house. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's going to want to be up in that shorts. Did I let it ring enough times for you? Uh, yeah, well, it rang once. Oh, so no. Well, no. One Fair ring. Enough. It's enough for yeah. you for this time. It's been yeah. established. Everybody knows. That I call you up on the phone for this podcast. Yeah, I do. I, it is pretty, though, essential of you, though, bro, that you do still continue to do it because it's really supporting the message of, you know, virtual contact during these trying times of COVID. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Um, it was great, actually. It uh, My dad set up, like, a family Zoom call, which was really nice because we were able to have family members who, like, I grew up going to Thanksgiving with who no longer live in the area, like my cousins who, like, we were kids together and, like, aunts and uncles and people from my mom's side of the family who may not have made it. So, yeah, it was really cool that we could all connect like that. Um, and I made a chicken in the crock pot and baked mac and cheese and a really crappy uh, green bean casserole that turned out shit. But um, other than that, it was, you know, other than the shitty green bean casserole, everything was very nice. How long did, but, you, know, how long did you guys talk on Zoom for? So my dad um, set it up as like a two-hour sort of open house, like in and out, like sort of show up when you can. But most people ended up staying on for like almost the whole time. I would say we all were on there for like an hour and a half. Wow. There was a lot of people. Like, there was a lot of people. Like, there was, like, cousins I grew up with with their kids. Wow. You know, calling in, like, their entire families. And, like, so there was a lot of people. It was nice. Like, and you got to see people's, you know, it was, like, people you maybe wouldn't be on a Zoom call with and that you haven't seen in years that you are your family. It was Mm -hmm. beautiful, really. Yeah. I mean, also, though, like, I mean, because, well, I found that talking on Zoom is, like, kind of awkward though like it's like you when you're like not sure like when to talk and you know or interrupting people or like especially if there's like a ton of people how you enter the conversation so I've just found that it's kind of awkward but um yeah it's not ideal and it's definitely awkward but it was better than the alternative which was like nothing I'm impressed you guys did an hour and a half that's like I was too yeah I was too and um and also, like, good good on, on you and your family for social distancing on the holidays. I, I'm sure that was really hard for your parents. Yeah, it was hard for everybody, but I think especially my parents. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's, like, that generation or if it's, like, their age, but it just seems to be, like, harder for them than it is for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, well, my mom didn't social distance. Yeah, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people. And, uh, but it was kind of like, so my Thanksgiving Zoom experience was like, so, um, well, Gus and I had a, we baked a lovely dinner. We, we had all the fixins. We didn't do, you know, Gus is a vegetarian, so we did uh, tofurkey. Nice. Which is totally fine. I kind of, what I, the only thing I miss about not having turkey for Thanksgiving is that um, it's like, 
the the uh, drug feel, the druggy feel, mm. <laughs> the, yeah. the sleepy turkey feel. Like, yeah. I didn't get that, and I kind of like that. Yeah, we use we made chicken, but we used turkey gravy, and it was like surprisingly satisfying. As mm. like trying to pretend it was turkey. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. We and then well, I also I baked a pumpkin pie, and it was really good. That's awesome. So I was very proud of my pumpkin pie. And um, <clears throat> and it was a beautiful day, and we went out for a walk that day and everything. But <clears throat> Yeah, it was beautiful. On to, like, the Zoom, though. Like, so our family Zoom was, like, 15 minutes maybe. Not maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. And, like, so we go, and I knew my mom, like, was really upset about Thanksgiving and was, like, definitely going yeah. over Tom's like Tom my brother Tom's house yeah and I was kind of like I I you know I was like I guess that's fine you know because it's like you know you and Tom and maybe George would be going and like um because like I know George doesn't care either about this whole everything with COVID yeah. I, and like really George is the one I'm well actually both of them because Tom does work at like restaurants and stuff and George has kids and you know yeah I just whatever but whatever my mom like was not gonna have Thanksgiving you know she she's like she would be like insanely depressed if she didn't get to see like anyone and eat yeah. Thanksgiving by herself so she was not gonna do that um so but what ended up happening, Tom had, like, it was, like, Tom, my brother George, and I only found this out on fucking Zoom, on live on Zoom in front of my family. So here I am, a sucker at my house by myself doing the social distancing, and then Tom gets on with my mom, my brother George, his friend Mallory and Eric, and her parents and their son, like... And, and it was, like, actually, my Aunt L did make a face. Like, I was trying my best not to be, like... Yeah, I would have made a face. Yeah, my Aunt L totally made a face. But I was, like, I was trying not to, but I was, like, seething. I was so pissed because, yeah. like, first off, I know that these other two people work at high-risk sort of jobs, too. And yeah. also, I felt bad for, like, my Aunt L and my Uncle Dobie. They're social distancing and not hanging out with their granddaughter, but like Scarlett, yeah. who's like only a year or so, and they have to see their granddaughter over a Zoom, yet Tom's over here tackling and wrestling with his friend's two-year-old son. Like, yep. And it was fucking shitty. It felt shitty. It was really awkward and it felt really shitty. Yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, I actually shouldn't be airing this on like a podcast, but no one listens to this anyway. Um, yeah. So anyway, no one cares. My yeah, my Thanksgiving family thing sucked, but I didn't feel bad. Like for instance, like because I did kind of feel bad not seeing my brothers and not being there with me with them. I did yeah, feel bad. It's not okay. That's... Yeah, yeah. Um, it hurt not seeing them, but then, um, but also the uh, the other thing was. It would hurt not to see everybody because I spend Thanksgiving with my cousins and my aunts and my uncles. Like, that's like my Thanksgiving unit. So it really wouldn't have made it. It still sucks. Like I, I'm like I was like, you know, it's not the same without everybody anyway. So I mean, I want to see them all next Thanksgiving. So like, I wish that they all just stayed home. But we'll see what happens. I guess. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, yeah. well, that's the position that you put me in, so I don't give a fuck. Like, if you're not going to protect yourself, like, if you're going to walk basically, like, down a busy highway, go walk down a busy fucking highway. And, like, I can't be that upset, can I, if you get hit and killed? Like, I don't know what to say anymore. It's frustrating. And, well, people, again, like, continuously are just, like, really, like, ignorant and just, like, about the realities of this. And,. You know, I, I just, and there's so many people there's that are out there that are just complete denial of this virus and like anti-maskers and stuff like that. I mean, part of me can kind of see that, like, I guess if you live in the middle of nowhere, but we've seen that people in the middle of nowhere have, because of this, have actually gotten into trouble with COVID because they don't believe it. And then there's like outbreaks in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's going to go everywhere. Every single human being on this earth is susceptible. It is a novel virus. When they say novel coronavirus... That's what that means. It means none of us have ever had it. We are all susceptible. We're all at risk. And eventually it will get to every single motherfucker on this planet. Because mm-hmm. that's just what will happen. Like, unless we do something about it and then come up with a vaccine. That's it. Yeah. Um. But in any case, whatever. So I just, I hope everyone doesn't get COVID. That was at my brother's. Um, but he did say, so my brother said, that they were wearing masks all inside, and they ate Thanksgiving dinner outside. Um, and but obviously, when they were there on the Zoom call, they weren't wearing masks. No one was wearing masks. So, yeah, I, so when, well, there you go. Like fifteen minutes, no masks, close contact. You guys all have COVID if one of you had it. That's it. I mean, maybe one of you didn't. Maybe one of you didn't. Um. Yeah, it was frustrating. I'm actually. Like, um, just, I'm really just want to avoid, like, talking to them until yeah. I'm, like, not as pissed. But, um, you know, whatever. Um, so, uh, but Gus and I had a really nice Thanksgiving dinner. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, for some reason, we're all supposed to, like, respect each other's feelings about this COVID thing and the social distancing, which is, you know what, I, again, like I said, it's fucking bullshit. Like, I don't respect you. I don't respect your opinion if you feel like it was fine to, like, ignore everything and put your family members at risk. I know a person whose entire family already got sick at a family dinner a few months ago. Oh, wow. And, like, was exposed to that person. And, like, I, um... It's just, it, it, that's, that's how it's spreading. And like, I, re- it's just, I'm frustrated right now. Like, I don't actually like hate people that saw their family members. I understand why they felt they need to do that. But like, I'm just saying in a couple of weeks, we could really be regretting our decisions. Mm-hmm. Like with deaths. Oh, I, like, I mean, well, with, like somebody you went to dinner with could die because of you. If I swear to God, if my mom gets sick, I'm going to be like so fucking angry at my brothers. I know. I know. And it sucks because like all of them entered into that decision willingly. But like, yeah, I would feel the same way. I know. Especially because you didn't go. And like, that's part of it, too, because you wanted to go. Yeah, of course. That's the thing. It's like it's not like people don't like care. It's not it's, it's not that the people who are social distancing are like want to not do the things it's just that they feel that like keeping people alive is worth it i mean i think like if the city comes out with a mandate saying that you know to not do this then i mean that's something i take seriously like 
I don't know. Um, well, and then, well, recently too, like I was listening to the COVID update for Philadelphia. Yeah. Last week. And they were, someone asked like, so what are all the surges coming from? What's the surge coming from now? And someone asked if it was from the um, mass celebrations from Joe Biden winning. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I'm sure it probably was. Well, the health inspector dude said, well, no, nobody said that. He said most people have said that they it was from going to parties on Halloween. Huh, interesting. But I was like, you know what? People would lie because, you know what? I know, like, when I got tested um, the last time, like, when I was out doing the, in the Black Lives Matter protest and yeah. there was people saying that there was like paranoia about getting tested. If you say that you were like at the protest, yeah, that they would yeah. withhold a test from you. There was like rumors going around like that. Yeah. Um, so I lied and was like, oh, I'm getting tested because I clean houses, which is not really a lie. It's like true. Yeah. But at the same time, I was getting tested because I had recently been in a mass protest with like freaking 20,000 people, you know? So, um, but once again, I do want to point out the positivity rate when I was out protesting was at like three or 5%. Right now, the positivity rate is at like 11, 12%, which is like fucking insane. That's a lot. Yeah, I think it's, like, feels so normal now that people really are just, like, oh, whatever, but, like, it's, like, so much worse than in March when everyone was freaking out. Like, it is so fucking bad right now. Like, just be careful. Like, don't go out. It's fucking not even nice outside. Like, fuck that. Order your gifts online. I'm not, I'm actually, like, I'm not doing, um, presents this year. I'm making presents. I'm just, like. I think that's a good idea. Because I actually feel horrible that people, I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I feel horrible for people who have to work in retail through this shit. Yeah. Um, And it's like really fucked. And and it's also when we talk about the city closures and all the malls and the retail are open, but all the museums and the libraries are closed. What's that tell you? It's it's because they need them to, to like make money. So... Like, um, and you know, they need Walmart to make its money. They need like Target to make its money. So they're leaving all of those people exposed and at risk just to make, you know, their fucking Christmas money. Yeah. So I don't want to like support that. Um, you're right. right. I know. I really don't. And I'm, I'm actually like going to make an effort to abstain. I mean, I'm definitely not buying Christmas presents. But I mean, like, not go to those stores at, like, all. Yeah. Although, I am an Amazon Prime member, so. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm basically going to be probably ordering most of my gifts from Amazon, um, which I realize is just everything I say, I can just shove it right on my ass because I have Amazon Prime, so. Yeah. Um... Well, why why even get a bunch of presents? Because are, are you thinking you're going to see your family at Christmas? Um, I'm going to drop them off to them. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. My dad especially. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, there's no, like, yeah, no. There's going to be, like, some sort of, I, I'm definitely at least dropping off gifts. Yeah. You know, I don't plan on, like, sp- I'm not going to, like, go in or spend time or eat with my family at this point. But, like, yeah, like, I do want to, like, wear a mask and go there and drop something off to them. Like, there's really, like, as much as I, like, well, I mean, 
my main concern is that I go to work still and I'm still exposed to a lot of people mm-hmm. and everything is a million times worse now and I don't want to expose my parents. But I feel like dropping off gifts is safe. Um, oh, yeah. And my, my job is like really stressful um, right now because like it's just insane. Like, I mean, in the city of Philadelphia, we're averaging like 1,200 positive um, cases a day. Mm-hmm. Yet people need me to clean their houses for them. Like, and I actually like got into an argument. Like, so because there's someone that I follow on Twitter and or on um, Instagram, and they posted like, "Oh, I just pre-cleaned my house for my cleaners," and like, so they're getting their house clean. Like in the height, and there's somebody who I consider a peer of mine in the height of a pandemic, and. I just commented, I was like, you know, I, as someone who's cleans houses, I wish people would cancel their cleanings. And yeah. if you really like cannot cancel your cleaning for some reason, you, you can't live without having your house cleaned for like a month or two, then, um, you should leave the house when they get there. Um, I mean, I, yeah, that's fair. Like and, it really yeah. is. It's like a couple months. Like it's a couple months. You're going to miss like two or three cleanings. Like, are you really can't miss two or three cleanings until it's safe? Like, what the fuck? Anyway, it's really aggravating. And I did, I ended up, I took off two weeks to work because I'm starting to, like, resent the people I clean for in a way that's, like, just disturbing and mm-hmm. not okay. And I told my bosses that, too. I was like, look, I resent the people I clean for, and it's not cool that um, I'm feeling this way. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was growing up of you to be like, hey, like, I need to step away. Yeah. yeah, I think that was good because, yes, I can see why you would be resenting the motherfucking people who, like, I'm not even going to start. And well, and the thing is, it's because as far as, like, class goes, like, they're so separate from us, yes. from working class people. They don't under-fucking-stand at all. They don't yeah. get it. They're not even yeah. thinking. That's how a lot of our clients are, too, and it is... Uh, I mean, that's why, like, I feel like as an artist, sometimes I, especially on social media, I kind of mix with um, upper class people, like, for instance, this person who's getting their house clean, and I, and that's why I fucking commented, because they, I I don't think that this person is a bad person. They just don't, they don't know, why would you know, like, because we are so separate. Yeah, and it's disturbing how separate we are, how disconnected they are, because, I mean, imagine, it's no, no... No, duh, how our country is so fucked and doesn't give a fuck about the, like, for instance, the city of Philadelphia, 24% of our um, population lives in poverty. 24%. That's a fucking, a quarter of our goddamn population. And it's, it's like, it's frustrating because you can't get people to fucking care. And the reason why is because they're so disconnected. Anyway, um, so... Anyway, then somebody commented underneath my comment. They said, um, I, I don't um, know. They were saying something like, I'm not trying to like cause, like say, offend you or in any way. Um, but why do you, what do you want people, what do you want people to do to cancel? Like be, if they cancel, like, because then, you know, how will you make money? Right. And I was like, I answered, I told him, I said, well, you really need your house clean during a pandemic. You need to ask yourself that. Do you really need your house clean? Okay. Right. So there's that. You're only going to miss a couple cleanings. And I said, 
Yeah, um, no, it sucks to lose money. There's no stimulus package. So I understand where people are feeling like, oh, well, I'm supporting this small business. Well, there's other ways you could do that, which is you could just cancel and donate to your cleaner. True. You don't need, like, and it's also like. Right, if you're so concerned that we're going to lose money, maybe you, like, do it that way. No, instead, like, you're just going to, like, fucking comment on the thing online and still keep your appointment, but except pre-clean for the person when you could have just fucking cleaned yourself. Yeah. And the other thing, too, I mean, that's why I was so frustrated by the question, because I thought it was a stupid question. Like, people don't think about that. Like, why can't yeah. you just donate to the people for a couple months? Like, why do you need, like, wh- like, and it's because everyone is so cuffed by capitalism. They're like, but I'm not receiving any services for this. Yeah, right. I'm like, we're in a pandemic, you fucking asshole. We're human beings. Like, why are you, like, making someone risk their health? Like, for... I know for an exchange of fucking services like, like and having someone in your house like someone in your house like oh to- yeah that's the other thing i don't get like that people are okay with it like i wouldn't be okay with someone in my house cleaning my house right now well that's okay because you just wipe up like behind yourself so you clean up all your covid germs you I, know what i mean i mean and the, well and that's the other frustrating thing too that people like don't understand the way the virus spreads is that it's fucking airborne okay so if even if you're wearing a mask if you're like static in your space and which i've told you this before is people take off their mask as soon as i leave the room so they don't wear their mask but um so you're breathing out like whatever that all is like fucking in the air fucking goes in heating vents goes throughout the house like you know like we're breathing the same air yeah and it's like i don't know like any anytime i've ever gotten sick before is because i clean for someone who was sick that's literally how i've gotten sick the past couple years so wow damn that's a really good point like that's that's like it's anecdotal evidence but yeah interesting nonetheless anyway it's um so anyway i'm going back to work this week and i'm like um, not looking forward to it. Yeah. But, you know, just because the other thing I was thinking that was so stupid when I took off, because I was just so frustrated. I was like, I just want to take two weeks off. And I was so frustrated. <clears throat> and, but then I was like, um, that was dumb because I actually can't afford to take off a lot of yeah. whatever. Um, but that we, uh, like what I'm doing now actually is like I'm all these assholes because this is the other thing people rich people don't think they can get COVID and they probably all yeah. still had Thanksgiving mm-hmm. um, because it's yeah, also just a few people yeah well and also there is a class like divide with uh, getting COVID whereas like yeah. it's poor people are dirty and have COVID and rich people can get tested like five million times mm-hmm. and work from home and sure. they don't have COVID yeah, and can afford to take off of work for two weeks to quarantine. Uh, well, like, if they wanted to have a Thanksgiving celebration, like, yeah. they could potentially just quarantine for two weeks. Uh-huh. Or they maybe don't work. Like, there's people who don't just don't fucking work that are just independently wealthy, and they're, they're, they just don't fucking have to deal with shit. Um, anyway, but I was, like, thinking of that, and I was like, well, so now I'm actually going back into work after everyone's been at Thanksgiving. 
So, because there's going to be another surge oh, of cases. Oh, I know. That's how I feel right now. It's gross. Yeah, there's going to be another surge of cases because of Thanksgiving. Yep, and then Christmas, yeah. Mm. Honestly, like, I'm more into Thanksgiving than I am Christmas. I know that's problematic oh, really? of me. No, fuck that. I, yeah, Thanksgiving's great. Like, there's no pressure. It's just about eating and spending time with your family, which mm-hmm. is really what Christmas should be about. And say Christmas is about fucking going to the mall and, like, capitalism and making money and, like, people pressuring each other to spend money, which is, like, fucked, so fucked up. Yeah. Like, I would be, honestly, I would be fine with no gifts ever, like, just, but I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Like, yeah, I could make gifts, but, like, let's be real. I'm fucking too lazy um, to do that. So I'm not going to not give gifts to people who give me gifts. Like, it would have to be, like, everyone deciding, like, in my family at the same time, like, we're just not going to do this anymore, which would be fine with me. Yeah, my family, we don't exchange gifts. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. We we do joke, Pollyanna, which I'm going to miss. That's always fun. Which <laughs> we're probably, I mean, we're not going to do that, but... Yeah, so um, you're listening to us from Delco. Uh, that's like a long intro, I guess, complaining <laughs> yeah. about COVID. That's what we do. We complain about COVID for at least a half an hour. It's kind of a segment, I think, now. Yeah. Can replace racist confessions. Well, we actually, I have a racist confession. And oh. that is that is also an apology. Um, okay. So... Well, I guess we'll do this section of the podcast, Racist Confessions. I need to apologize for being racist towards you. Toward me? Oh, because you said Jew thing. No, not the Jew thing. You're not Irish Catholic? Yeah, I was like, first off, I denied your Irish Catholic heritage. And I also, like, scrutinized you for not looking Irish. I mean, Mm -hmm. can you imagine? Mm -hmm. What if I did that to, like, a black person? Yeah, I mean, it's different because it's, you know. But if you did it back in the day when, you know, people really cared about different white races, like, which is not that long ago. Well, actually, Maureen. would have been way more offensive. I've been hearing through the grapevine. Uh, the, the grapevine, which by, I mean by grapevine, I mean Twitter. Um, that Italian Americans are trying to claim um, being people of color. Oh, come on, you guys. They're tr- really? They're, well, I mean, it's only yourself. a matter of time for us Irish Catholics to to be right behind them in this, Marine. This is our opportunity. Well, okay, then we is- should ask for reparations because we were discriminated against, right? Like, what Oh, yeah. No, that's bullshit. We were. We were, I though. we were. We were, though. Yeah, we were. Um, And uh, then we shit on black people and claimed being white so that we could get jobs over black people. Oh yeah. I mean, we just naturally <laughs> had that, you know, no, but no, it's chosen, right? We just, no, I mean, it that way. It is the, like, um, I haven't read these books, but they're in my library queue whenever the fucking library opens again. Um, but, um, what is this guy's name? His name's like Theodore something. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to, is this what it is? Is it, is it this guy? Oh yeah, Theodore Allen. And it's called The Invention of the White Race. And it's 
pretty much about the history of like um, when the term like white person was like first used and what its purpose was used for. And a lot of it has to do with like wealthy elites trying to control the working class in a way and by in a way by giving them the white race identity, making them feel or like uh, better than black people. Yeah. In a way to Yeah, like so it's kind of like and also in a way to cause division between workers, yeah. between black and white workers. Exactly. So the white race is an invention. Um like being wh- like being white is not like uh, a thing. A thing. But, um, and, and there, and that's why I mean, like Irish Americans, like totally tried to jump on the being white bandwagon. And so did Italian Americans because they wanted jobs. And right. I feel like Italian Americans and Irish Americans were kind of treated the same, you know? Um, I think you're right. yeah. Like as far as like being looked down upon, um, by yeah. the elites, um, you know, so I don't know. I think it's interesting that now Italian Americans are trying to uh, claim that they're people of color. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, you guys, come on. Let's just get get real. I mean, one of my other Thanksgiving traditions, inadvertently, like <clears throat> we actually always. We don't really watch it, but it's always on in the background. Is The Godfather is always playing on like TNT or something like that? Yeah, that makes me think of your family, The Godfather. Yeah, why is that? We're not. We're not in the mob. Makes me think of your family. We're not in the mob. I feel like, huh? Do you think we're in the mob or something? Oh yeah, I think that your entire family is in the mafia. No, I just remember you always liking it, Beth. I don't think that your family's up to anything illegal. I fucking promise. Yeah, that's good. Good. Your uh, family. Your <coughs> family. Anyway, but, um, yeah, no, I love The Godfather. The Godfather is one of my favorite um, movies. And I ended up watching the whole trilogy on Thanksgiving and then on Friday, on Black Friday. Um, and yeah, no, I love the Godfather, but, um, you know, that also, I think the Godfather has a excellent kind of Italian American like history or Sicilian American, whatever. Um, which reminds me too, that another reason why I need to apologize to you for racist confessions is because Bubby, what? I, well, you already ate, and now I'm doing a podcast, so I can't. He wants to play. Here comes Peck. Anyway, sorry. That's me talking to my cats. Um, uh, please tell me more about how I've been victimized. I fucking love this shit. Oh, yeah. So, I was while I was scrutinizing you for not looking Irish Catholic, um, I realized that you know what you do look like? You look black okay. Irish. You're black, black Irish. Irish. Huh. So, yeah. yeah, with it's just, like, brown hair, dark eyes and stuff? Yeah, black Irish. Yeah. and But black Irish actually is, like, literally black Irish. Like, black oh, people. Like together. Yeah. 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 So that, and that's how the traits came out. And, well, I was just thinking that because Sicilians, the same thing with, I think it was the Spanish Moors, you know, copulated with Sicilians. And then that's why they're all the, um... 
they're all darker skin, dark eyes, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas, um, and the same with the Black Irish. Um, I don't know who who let, let me look, let me look this up because well this is your heritage, Marine, and I honestly I think I don't know that I don't know that for sure. My grandma was adopted, so we don't really know for sure. Well, oh no, this just went to Irish people. I don't need that. I need it. Oh, but that's not that. She's not the Irish. Like that's not where like the the Irish supposedly comes from. That's well, the, the it says. The definition of black Irish is used to describe Irish people with dark hair and dark eyes, thought to be descendants of the Spanish Armada of the mid-1500s. Or it is a term used in the United States by mixed-race descendants of Europeans and African-Americans or Native Americans to hide their heritage. Oh, to hide their heritage? They call themselves black Irish? That's weird. My Irish, my brown eyes don't come from the Irish side of my family. I just had to put that out there. It's nothing to do with each other. My brown eyes come from my mom. My dad's family has the Irish, and you can tell when, like, you look at some of my other family members. Well, whatever. You look black Irish. Okay. Not um, the first person that said that, but, yeah, it doesn't, it wouldn't fit because my mom's color eyes, like, my eye color is from my mom, and... I don't know where she got that eye color. Oh, one of my celebrity doppelgangers is is uh, pictured here as being Black Irish, but I don't consider myself Black Irish. But maybe I'm Black Irish too. Yeah, I mean, my heritage is kind of a big question mark. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, those Spanish people, fucking people all over Europe, making. Um, Beautiful people, because let me tell you, I had a huge crush on Al Pacino from The Godfather back in the day. Huge, huge crush. I remember that. But, um, and so after just watching all three of The Godfathers, I do have to say, Al Pacino, something happened to Al Pacino and his acting career where he stopped being a character in a movie and became Al Pacino. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and in The Godfather Part 3, it's like he's Al Pacino. He's not Michael Corleone. Like, he, he, he just completely abandoned the way he acted as Michael Corleone in the first two Godfathers, which was, like, this quiet, like, you know, um, unassuming sort of, um, but, like, unassuming character who was actually, like, extremely fucking evil. Um, but that's what was, like, so scary about him. So, but, and then in the last one, though, he's Al Pacino. It's like, (laughs) it's like kind of disappointing. Um, Yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody likes part three, but. Yeah, I've really, I'm not, you know, I've seen parts of the Godfather movies. I'm sure that I've even sat through them, but like, I don't even, just not into it. Well, I do have to say upon my, um, because I haven't watched The Godfather Part 3 probably since it came out, like, forever. It was just, like, 20 years ago. So, and it's because it was, like, I remember seeing it and being, like, this sucks. Oh, my God. Um, I can't believe. It's so sad that this is a part of The Godfather. But I, after rewatching it, I still think it's, like, not good. But I actually liked Sofia Coppola in it. Because I remember everyone hated Sofia Coppola. Um, who plays Michael Corleone's daughter in it and they're like a major character and so it was like disappointing to people because everyone was saying she was such a bad actress and all this shit Um, I actually liked it 
on huh. I liked her in my rewatch and I kind of feel like she was unfairly criticized because she was Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. So mm, that makes sense. Um, but I thought she was good. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry for um, being racist towards you, Maureen, and um, judging you by your looks and basically saying you don't you didn't look white enough to be Irish. So Yeah. Bitch. Um and yeah, so what's your racist confession? I don't have one. I I I think you do, Maureen. Because you're you're implicit in this other racist confession. Okay. You don't remember right. because you don't take stock in like your attitude and the way you look upon the world, and which is why you'll never change. Right. You need to, to learn to like you know take stock in what you say and what you do in your life. And That's fucking boring. Well, so what it, what we need to talk about then is, um, so we went on and on and on. Oh, I, I know it. Actually, this is hilarious. This, this is fucking great. Okay, great. You remember? So why don't you lead the apology then? Um, so I feel like what you're going to say, and if not, then it triggered me to think of, <laughs> take stock and think of what, but I, yeah, it is, it is, it is the entire, we went through a whole conversation last podcast about how Joe Biden is the first, like the second Irish Catholic president and we didn't mention Kamala Harris once. And why should we mention Kamala Harris at all? Because she's a black woman vice president. She's our first black, she's our first woman vice president our first black vice president, our first Indian vice president. Yeah, I forgot about that. I knew there was, like, something else that she was uh, was part of her racial history. And our first white man uh, vice, first vice president, whatever. Oh, my God, my neighbor's coming home, and he has the ugliest fucking dog, this guy across the street from me. Oh, my God. They have the ugliest dog. Oh, my God, I hope he doesn't listen to this fucking podcast, Beth. What a bitch. He wouldn't. He's a little. He's a little yippy. Yeah, I mean, there's yuppie. a lot of. I mean, yuppy. He's not yippy. Oh, I thought you were saying the dog was yippy, like it barked a lot. No, their dog is so fucking ugly. It's like, it's like a medium sized dog that, but it's a beagle like looking dog. Yeah. But yeah. like his legs are really short, so he has this like big fat body. Oh, so he's, uh, like, does he have big, long ears? Is he, like, a basset hound? Yeah, he has long, he has big... Oh, my God, they are so ugly, but so fucking cute. Like, stupid, like, his eyes are, like, down to the the ground. proportionally not correct. Yeah, I know. He's a mutt. He's a mutt, and he's, like, his big, giant sausage body and his little legs, like, (laughs) grosses me out. And they're not even little legs. They're, like, medium-sized legs. I know, like, fat, like, oh, God. I'm like, yep. you, that dog is fucking ugly as shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> because And not even cute ugly. I'm sorry. Because there are, I get yeah. cute ugly. I totally yeah. get that. Um, No, this dog is yeah, not. And, yeah, and, you know, like, um, that text I'm supposed to be like, they're all cute. No, yeah, there's some really fucking ugly ones. Like, no, yeah. What, all- it's like a miracle they got adopted. It's like crazy. Yeah, it is. Most of the time they get adopted because someone feels bad for them. Or they have like a great personality. Mm. 
there's another dog um, around here that's a poodle that um, doesn't walk right. He walks with a limp. Idiot. Fucking gimpy. I, I, I know all the dogs. I know the dogs in my neighborhood. And, yeah, I mean, that's the best part of neighborhoods. It's the dogs. Um, just as long as they don't piss on my tray. Seriously, that bothers you? I mean, I thought you were going to say, like, shit in your yard and not pick it up. But it's pissing um, on the tray. That's a problem for you? I do. I have to credit everyone who has dogs in my neighborhood because you don't see dog shit in my neighborhood. People pick up after their dogs here. It's really great. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, I think at this point it's pretty much, well, at least everywhere, like, around us yeah. now. Because it's, like, really, like, because I've had conversations with people. It's, like, super embarrassing if, like, you're out with your dog and you have something to pick up the poop. And then, like, you just are, like, oh, my God, someone's going to see me and think I just, like, don't care and left my dog shit here. Like, I found and found, like, the, like, the plastic bag from, like, newspapers. Because, yeah. like, you can't leave your dog shit there. Like, that's, like... One of the worst things you can do as a neighbor. It's a fucking asshole thing to do. I'm glad we've finally shamed dog people to yeah. the point that they stopped doing that. Yeah, all the Karens. <clears throat> Thank you, Karens. Thank you for that, Karens. You're not all bad. <laughs> but, like, um, but when the, the, the dogs, so the one thing is they, if they piss on our tree too much, it'll die because it's a baby tree. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, actually, the tree we have is. <clears throat> good in acidic soil it's like fine but there is limits to what it can handle so yeah, our entire the entire uh, lawn out front of the vet hospital is dead they had to replace it with like astroturf because all the dogs were pissing on it and it just is dead yeah that sucks um yeah. so yeah so that's the only thing and but but the thing is most of the time i i still i haven't caught a dog piss on our tree yet i did make a sign but I decided not to put the sign out because I really, I think dog people just get so fucking offended and I, I don't want them to think we're, like. It would be offensive to dog people, I guarantee you. Oh yeah, it would. And it was literally, my dog peeing sign was literally, it didn't say don't have your dog pee on the tray. It said dog pee is bad for the tray. That's literally all the sign said. I want, I feel like maybe if you put something out there that was like. This is a, this kind of tree, and it needs this pH. Your dog's pee like makes it die. Like maybe if you were a little more specific, yeah, like people yeah. would be like, "Oh, okay, I see why." Rather <laughs> than like you just thinking that you don't like the dog pee out front on your tree. But yeah, what you're saying is completely valid, and like yeah, it's true. So maybe as I don't have a dog right now, but as dog owners, maybe we should be a little bit more mindful of letting it piss just on a tree. Yeah, but also I get like where the dog's supposed to pee. You know, but I mean, they could pee on a fire hydrant. They could pee on the sidewalk. They just shouldn't pee on people's trees and bushes and stuff because yeah, they can pee in the grass on the yeah, it's fine. They're fine. They can just pee on on the grass. Um, and also, it's like if if you if all the owners tell their dogs not to pee on the tree, the dog will stop wanting to pee on the tree. It's it's you are the in charge of your dog, and if and right. if like yeah, that's true. Like, if you train your dog not to piss on trees, your dog will know not to piss on trees. This is true. Um, yeah, just train it to be in a certain spot. Yeah. and It's just not always that easy. <clears throat> but I have, like, when I've seen dog walkers, like, and, but, like, I get half and half. Like, one time someone's dog was up sniffing, and I was like, oh, um, the it's bad for the dog to pee on the tree. 
And the guy was like, oh, sorry. And I was like, no, I mean, it's okay. I'm just letting you know. Like, you know, just so you know, it's just not good for the tree. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And that was fine. Um, but I still felt like he felt like he was getting yelled at by me, which I totally did not want to make him feel like that. Yeah. Um, and then the other time, and this is like some bro fucking dude was like walking and his dog was like sniffing our tree about to piss on it. And I said, please don't have your dog pee on the tree. It's bad for the tree. And he went, he wasn't going to pee on it. And <laughs> really, he's really in tune with his dog. Yeah. And I was like. He was like, he wasn't going to pee on it, and he didn't. And I was like, okay. He looked like he was going to pee on it, and then I was just letting you know to not let him pee on it. But okay. And and he was just like, eh. Like, he was, like, really mad at me for, like, pointing it out. Um, like, he was to be like, I was being like a Karen because his dog didn't pee on it. His dog was sniffing the tree like he was going to pee on it. So Yeah, usually that means they're going to pee on it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I mean, come, like, the dog probably actually heard me, like, even talking, it was like, the dog was probably like, oh, this bitch doesn't want me peeing on her tree, that's probably why he didn't, because I started talking, anyway, um, what are we even talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, so I'm, I wanted, like, to apologize for spending a whole podcast talking about how awesome it was that we had a, our, another Irish Catholic in the White House and completely ignored the fact that Kamala Harris is a black woman and the first black woman vice president in the history of the United States. I mean, honestly, I don't apologize because everybody knows about Kamala Harris, but, like, I didn't know about Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're kicking it down a notch with our whiteness of the president. Yeah. This time. Yeah. I mean, who's the, who's like, who do you consider the whitest, whitest heritage? Like Germans? Like um, German Americans? White Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Yeah, German. I mean, I guess like they, they someone they were the <clears throat> ideal white race, but I don't know. That was just their belief. Someone tweeted this, and is a Jewish friend of mine, and I I didn't respond to the tweet or even say anything to them, but it really pissed me off. And um, she said that she considered Irish Catholics WASP, and I found that That's so fucking offensive. Not, does she know what WASP stands for? Protestant is in it. Yeah, <laughs> word fucking Protestant is in it. You fucking idiot. Who is this person? Um, they're, I'm not going to say their name because, like, I don't want to, like, um... Well, I just called someone a fucking idiot, but, like, you don't know what law stands for them, so st- why? Why did no, you say that? No, and, well, the thing is, they do. They know. But they were, like, saying, like, Jewish people don't see it that way. They all look the same to them. See, it's all as, like, the same. But, like, the thing is, though, like, it's not because there is a reason that we've only had two Catholic... And, well, and there Catholics. was entire fucking wars to this day in Ireland over... Protestants and Catholics, so it is kind of yeah. important difference. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but I know that for Kennedy, it was a big deal, and people were really pissed, like yeah. that there was a Catholic president. I mean, yeah, it was like a, it well, was a fucking big deal. Catholics because are like the Catholics are the poor trash. The yeah. Irish people, like the immigrants, like we're also the trash, and like the wasps have been here in their high society. Catholicism in Ireland too is like delineates from like Gaelic, um, like. Um, religions like paganism so it's like also considered trashier because for that reason um to the protestants anyway um who are sanctified by the king george or whoever the fuck yeah um whatever english bastard 
fucking king, whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, I know this, and, uh, but the thing is, I was kind of like, I figured I was kind of like, well, Jewish people, you know, um, I think of all of them as like, you know, rich, wealthy people as well. So maybe I'm racist towards Jewish people in that way. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Like Jewish people, there's, there's a term called mainline Jews, which is not as expensive as far as I know. Like it's just the people that live on the main line. There's a lot of Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, like, but they, and I, they're all I, vacationing is that part of the reason a mm -hmm. lot of Jewish people are wealthy is that like, they don't have this idea that like some of the Jesus religions have, which is like giving all your money to the church or like, like just focusing, not like staying poor and focusing on like the afterlife because for them, it's not like that. Like there's not like a heaven to get to. Um, like they focus on making the earth that we're on a better place. So they focus on like accumulating wealth for themselves and also like spending money on charity. That's like how it's been explained to me. It was explained to me like that by a college professor. But Catholics do charity and shit. Yeah, but like he's saying it's a different like if for for Jewish people it's okay. It's not like sinful to accumulate wealth. For Catholics it get like you're supposed to like like it's a virtue to be poor. Like you were rich in the oh, yeah, I mean, like poor in money. That's literally what Jesus that's literally what Jesus taught. Yeah. Yeah, like Jews Jewish people don't that's not really a thing as much. So I'm sure that there is some part of like you're supposed to give your money away, like to make the earth a better place. Like it's just not as focused on like let's it's not as focused on like it's okay to be poor here because we have this richness in the afterlife. Like it's yeah. Not this stuff that you hear at church on Sunday when they're trying to take your money. There is this, um, this, I don't even understand if this is parody or not. This, um, institution called Prager U. So, I Prager, I think it's a real thing. Prager University. It's an American media company that creates videos on various political, economic, and philosophical topics from an American conservative or right-wing perspective. So, okay, so it is a real, I guess it's real. Anyway, um, they create the most, like, cringe, hilarious, like, videos, and it's like, they're sincere. Like, the, and it's almost like, it's hard to see because it's like so crazy because it, it's like parody it's like you're watching parody but it's real and it's uh, it's so yeah, uncanny I, mean, I know you're like i know what you mean by that yeah i've seen certain videos like that it's uncanny so a new one they did this week and just like a little bit about jesus like jesus teachings when he was saying like like you know um like the poor people are actually more pure pure of heart and that you know because of that they will have a rich afterlife i mean he was literally saying that because um at the time it was like at the time like um th those were the people he was preaching to first off and the wealthy people were like the fucking assholes well they still are but um so to like talk about the richness of afterlife is meant to be a comfort to them in any case um, not to be <clears throat> whatever, but the Prager U came out this video recently talking about Jesus being a socialist and like, but they did this video where Jesus was a socialist, 
but he wasn't in a sense um, where he helped this like homeless man start a small business. And <laughs> wait, so like the Republicans? Yeah. So the way that even he, though they don't do shit like that, like that's actually crazy to them. Like we're oh really yeah discouraged. Yeah. We're discouraged in our society from starting a business. Really and much. I swear, you know what? I think the Jesus helped the guy start an olive oil company, which kind of reminded me of The Godfather. Um, I'll just do Prager you socialist Jesus. Well, because, seriously, because Jesus is from, you know, a time when all they had were sheep and olive oil, basically. So. I'm going to, I'm going to play it. <clears throat> Let me mute this. So I'm going to play it over my computer for us to listen to. Okay. But I have to, do this ad now so we're gonna listen to an ad on the podcast are yeah. they gonna play it the socialist here we go well if socialism is nothing more than being kind to other people then you might think the answer is yes but you could be kind to other people and be a capitalist real quick i just gotta say <laughs> you have to look this video up marine because just from the start this old man's here talking in a suit and everything it looks like a tim and eric video because you know how tim and eric like get older yeah. men like yeah, that I are wearing exactly yeah and they're wearing like they look like corpse painted like they're wearing too much makeup yeah. it's look yeah. this is it this is what this guy looks like okay sorry john d rockefeller probably gave away more money than anyone in human history oh my fucking and god and started all the wars and it's like all uh -huh. it's all blood money it's all fucking blood money bill gates and warren buffett have given away millions too to get an accurate answer millions. to our question <laughs> we need to define go. socialism socialism is the concentration of power into the hands of government elites to achieve the following purposes what? central planning of the economy and the radical redistribution of wealth. Jesus never called for any of that. Nowhere in the New Testament does he advocate for the government to punish the rich or even to use tax money to help punish the poor. The rich. Go fuck Nor yourself. does he promote the ideas of state ownership of businesses or central planning of the economy. In Luke 12, Jesus is confronted by a man who wants him to redistribute wealth. Master, the man says to Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replies, man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And then he rebukes the man for being envious of his sibling. How about Jesus's parable of the talents? Talents were a form of money in Jesus's day. A man entrusted three of his workers with his wealth. The two who invested the money and made a profit were praised. And the one who buried his share so he wouldn't lose any of it was reprimanded. Sounds a lot more like an endorsement for capitalism. It sounds like um, a lot more like anti-Semitism, like we were just talking about. Sounds <laughs> super oversimplified to and me. socialism, doesn't it? Yes, Jesus spoke of the difficulty for a rich man to enter heaven, but not because having money is evil. It's not money, rather it is the love of money, the New Testament tells us, that leads to evil. Jesus was warning us not to put acquisition of money and material possessions above our spiritual and moral lives was jesus promoting uh, oh my god it's a five mind? minute video it's boring yeah i'm gonna I, stop um I can't listen to this anymore but i didn't i didn't get to the part where he start helps a person start a small business which was the one infographic <laughs> i, I the video called was jesus a socialist 
was Jesus a socialist? I, I mean, I feel like probably not because I don't know that that was a thing then. Oh, wait. here. Okay, I'm going to skip to the part where he helps the guy start a small business. Okay. I mean, what about the thing? What about the fury in the temple or whatever? Like when he like flips over oh, the they're table. Gonna, they're like, just going to skip over that. Yeah. Um. Because, like, separation of church and I mean, state, I feel like, was actually... Honestly, all of this is, like, a mute argument to me because I don't really fucking care about what the Catholic Church or Jesus, as taught through the Bible, is supposed to make me be in my life. Like, no. Um, anyway, but... <clears throat> Jesus never endorsed the forced redistribution of wealth. That idea is rooted in envy, something that he and the Tenth of the Ten Commandments railed against. Most importantly, Jesus cared about helping the less fortunate. He never would have approved anything that undermines wealth creation. And the only thing that has ever created wealth and lifted... <laughs> this is like, like super like, confusing on purpose. Like, for you could see the and graphics. Like the homeless guy is like this white dude with soot all over his face. This graphic. <laughs> it's like... Masses of people God. out of poverty. It is, is free market capitalism. He helps them start an olive Read oil the New business. Testament. The plain <laughs> meaning of the text is loud and clear. Jesus was not a socialist. He couldn't be. He loved he people, not the state. He wasn't a free market capitalist state. either, you fucking idiot. I'm Lawrence Reed, president of the Foundation for Economic Education for Prager oh University. God. And um, the other thing that's what's so confusing about this Prager U is like, you're like, is this an actual university? Because it's not. It's like just some fucking, it's like the uh, Lincoln, whatever the fuck, Lincoln Project people. Mm -hmm. It's like, just it's just propaganda pushing. Which is like, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that there are like these, the, like, because like meme creators, like meme pages on like Instagram and all that kind of shit has kind of propagated, uh, like propagated this um, form of content consumption to the point where now there are like these media companies like PragerU or like the Lincoln Project that like their trade is to create pop propaganda through the meme and distribute it on yeah. the internet to misinform people one way or the other. But um, it's disturbing. Very disturbing. Um, <clears throat> it's very, very disturbing. Um, wow. Speaking Damn, of which, sorry, we should get into our topic, even though... Yes, yes, because I can't wait. Because we've been talking for like an hour now. My yeah, I just saw that. My computer's about to die. Hold on a second. Oh, no. Ugh. Well, why don't I give a little introduction okay. of, of what we're talking about. So this is... I love Terrence McKenna. I'll probably say it a million times during this podcast. And Terrence McKenna and his brother Dennis came up with this there's a theory called novelty theory and there is a software called time wave zero um and beth you you're the one who brought up like suggested this topic and i would really like to hear you talk about it because i'm curious what you're interested in with it um this is a concept that i was introduced to like in the 2000s probably during the time when like if you were into that sort of thing like you might be into the 2012 mayan prophecies and things like that so like my mom introduced me to this idea um that was brought forward by terence mckenna his brother dennis and um actually have it in front of me there was a book um, called The Invisible Landscape that was written in 1974 where he like introduces the theory um, and so 
That's like with um, his brother too, right? That book. That's yeah, him and Dennis. Yeah, yeah. Dennis McKenna. Um, so it was like their theory together, and then they made a uh, a software to calculate the actual time wave. And what the time wave is is it's based on the I Ching. Um, and what I have heard is that it came to Terrence McKenna in a trip, like the initial idea. Um, cause you can't talk about him without like talking about psychedelics, but, um, so I don't know to what extent or how it like appeared to him. I just remember seeing that recently and being like, it's weird. Cause like to me, I'm like, Oh, like now, well, I can't even like give it any weight or whatever. Um, cause like really, cause he tripped this, but like, I don't, it's, it's this very interesting concept about, um, how novelty and this idea of novelty, meaning, um, there's novelty, which is like a lot of new things being created at the same time. Like right now is definitely a period of high novelty. Things are crazy. Shit is unusual. There's a lot of novelty. It's almost self-explanatory. And then times of low novelty is like the dark ages where just like everything is boring and nothing changes for a long time. Power structures don't change. Things just like go on as they are. Like a time of war would be like high novelty. Um, Cause like there's a lot of shit going on. Um, and then ultimately um, he calculated this using the time wave zero software and calculated like part of the novelty theory is that there is, um, there's an end, there's an, not necessarily an end, but there is a certain point where the, where it just, uh, like the, it just goes up like the wave. When you look at the line, it just goes up, whereas, like, throughout human history, it's been, like, going up and down. It's, like, this push and pull between novelty and, like, just, like, staticness. Mm-hmm. And um, basically novelty and habit, I think, are the terms that he uses. Um, so the date that was calculated by the software um, essentially was the 2012 Mayan end date for the Mayan calendar. So there was like a lot of people who were like into this idea, like, wow, that's interesting. That's the same date. Obviously we're past that date now. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's still people, including myself who kind of look at what's going on right now and say like, we are like, basically, it seems to be like we're in a next level of things. Um, is that true? Who the fuck knows? That's one of my favorite part of Terrence McKenna is that like anything that he presented, like he was always like, I don't know, I could fucking be wrong, but like, here's all these like reasons that I could be right. And like why it intuitively makes sense. Um, so that's, I don't know, that's my quick introduction, which is like, like you could do like an entire podcast series on just this. Yeah. And I wish there was more lectures from him on time wave zero zero because I definitely was seek- seeking out Terrence McKenna's lectures. He's a very charismatic lecturer. Um, yeah, I love his lectures. Which is why I think he was like so popular, more so for his lectures than his books. But I mean, obviously his books were really popular as well. But um, there's a lot of his lectures that have been published or that like I'm, you're able to consume online pretty much are about psychedelics um and not about so much by about time wave zero there's like short segment segments of it because um like he said that this came to him in a trip and i don't think um like i really like that one article you shared um with me from scientific american um which uh talked about like him discussing like the fact that he 
psychedelics like are part of like his scientific process and it being like um considered like uh because of that it's it, because of the rigidness of science practicing it's considered like illegitimate like which is like kind of like unscientific to consider something illegitimate like in a sense where it's like outside the norm of you know what what is deemed um scientific by institutions or corporations or you know what have you yeah yeah so um and because of that and because of that that shortcoming like i sense him as a scientist was like frustrated by that because without like um this freedom of experimentation like it's actually that's actually um stymies growth and understanding and all all those sorts of things but um yeah i was So I was disappointed trying to find him talk about time wave zero more. Um, and, and like, yeah. And I kind of like would read all the articles, but I mean, honestly, the science is like way over my head. I mean, what the way that I understood him talking about the I Ching and how, excuse me, he used it in time wave zero is that the I Ching is like, basically like, um, and this is how he describes it like a bunch of great thinkers got together and were like thinking of like all the possibilities that could happen on a timeline and they they got together and they all came to the conclusion that no matter there's 64 possibilities there's 64 ways a situation can go in a timeline that like mathematically like that's and it makes sense to him as well mathematically that you know of all the possibilities of something that can happen there's 64 probable ways it could go um so which you know i find interesting as well um but my thing with the time wave zero and why i was interested in it is because i've always like the you know the theory of relativity and time Whereas, like, now in time, it feels like time is actually speeding up. And and it's not so much like, and, and Terrence McKenna talks about this as well. Like, when you're a child, uh, you know, t- an hour is like an eternity. And as yeah. you get older, time goes faster and faster and faster. And that's just, that's because time is more than just, um you know, this like calculated, like 60 seconds, you know, 60 minutes is an hour, blah, blah. It's more than just that. It's also time is like our, our experience of it. And, but I feel like now time is accelerating, like even faster for like everyone. Because That's what I think too. Yeah. Because you can feel it. Because of the amount of novelty that is happening on our yes. timeline. Yes. And so that's why I was like really interested to think about this time wave zero. And also the other thing with time wave zero that Terrence McKenna talks about is like when people are like, oh, it just, you know, um, it just shoots up and it's something's going to happen in 2012. Something could have happened in 2012 and we just don't know about it. Well, so for him and I want to get into this a little bit and I do have something I want to read. Yeah. But like. So I've heard Terrence McKenna and I, at this point in time, this makes more sense maybe even than when he was talking about this stuff in the nineties, but he really believed that it was going to be like the internet, AI, 
Um, Mm -hmm. and I mean, there's quantum computers now. So it's like, the thing is like all it's, it is an approximation, like, because we're talking about a 4,300 year cycle. Um, but like, so it would have been like around 2012 that like everything like really accelerates and like, what is it? Well, like, what is the transcendental object at the end of time? Well, so in time wave zero and language, Terrence McKenna says, Alfred North Whitehead proposed that history grows toward what he called a nexus of completion. And these nexuses of completion themselves grow together into what he called concrescence. A concrescence exerts a kind of attraction, which can be thought of as the temporal equivalent of gravity, except all objects in the universe are drawn toward it through time, not space. So again, it's that idea of like time being like the basis, not space. As we approach the lip of this cascade into concrescence, novelty and completion, time seems to speed up and boundaries begin to dissolve. The more boundaries that dissolve, the closer to the concrescence we are. When we finally reach it, there will be no boundaries, only eternity as we become all space and time, alive and dead, here and there, before and after. Because this singularity can simultaneously coexist in states that are contradictory, it is something which transcends rational apprehension. But it gives the universe meaning because all processes can be seen to be seeking and moving in an effort to approximate, approximate, connect with, and attend to this transcendental object at the end of time. So he believed we were like being pulled toward this. Um, and the closer you get to it, like the faster thing goes and the things go and like the more novelty, but does anyone really like know what it is? No, but all we know is like shit gets weird. Well, and the other thing that Terrence McKenna talked about, and <clears throat> so there's this other book I'm reading right now. Um, it's called chaos Moses by Felix mm-hmm. Guattari, who uh-huh. is a French, um, uh, psychologist, um, th- you know, uh, ph- philosophical thinker. And honestly, so to extrapolate on um, chaosmosis, I just can say, I barely understand what I'm reading. It's very complicated reading. Um, and also, he's like a creative individual. So it's also like he makes up words as well. So I and like, I was even like, shit, I don't understand this book at all. I was going to go look to see other people writing about it to like maybe get some understanding of it. And what I read was everyone not understanding it. So, so, well, that made me feel a little bit looser and like, okay, so just like read this and like soak in what you can. But um, one thing, um, and Guitar Chaos Moses is about, um, uh, it's our understanding. It's like your understanding as an individual of like the universe and how um uh how like media is like manipulating people psychologically and um ways to break break away from that psychological like torment and um and it's like basically that's that's the crux of it like it's your your place as a human being amongst all of this like bullshit and he talks though a lot like i'm in a chapter chapter now like the first chapter chapter was on subjectivity and this chapter um, that i'm reading now is about like machines and our relationships Uh to them and and ai is like a big part of that and one of the things that he um talks about is that uh machines are like have like the same kind of um, evolution and timeline as a human being. 
because like we built them so like a machine also is like born and dies and deteriorates yeah. and dies right um but that machines are also able to propagate and evolve like beyond that timeline and and that's where like we start to get into the uncanny valley of like um uh you know the singularity so um in any case but one thing he does talk about too is that reminded me of terence mckenna is the idea of like and McKenna, terence mckenna talked about this too is like time moves in a wave and one of uh the that points is um is that history repeats itself and Terrence McKenna yeah. talked about this as well, whereas, like, yeah. there was a certain kind of war that happened, and then 400 years later, you know, there was another war, and then there was, you know, World War Two, And, like, so these keep, these, like, this is a consistent timeline that inevitably repeats itself, and that is something that Guattari talks about as well. Um, but, and then, and then also what is interesting, though, is that, and what I'm thinking about with, like, time speeding up is that all of these things now, though, are happening all at once on top of each other. Yeah. Like, even, even for instance, this um, pandemic that we're having um, at this current time, that this is, a, uh, this is a timeline through, this is part of the time wave. Because yeah. um, every, like, hundred years, there is a um, pandemic. Like, and this right. is, like, before the Spanish flu, there was, like, another one 100 years, 1818. Yeah, yeah. Like, this yeah. is, like, a kind of consistent, continuing thing. And even, I've also, like, been thinking about it, too, in the sense that our, in the United States, we were going through a depression in the 20s, and now we're, and then we similarly went through this in, like, the, you know, early, the, two, the 2008 to, like, now and now we're gonna after this pandemic go through another like great depression which is exactly what happened in 1918 right and um so like history does like consistently repeat itself on this way yeah. that i think is the predictability of it is kind of um it's it's in, it's like um it's scary to think that it's that predictable but again when i'm thinking about with Guattari is the same with the machines is that there it's just a natural like timeline of evolution and it will inevitably repeat itself it's just, huh. it's just a part of it's it's just the way human beings are made and how we were even created yeah well I mean so we I feel like we were raised with this idea of time being just like a straight line and always the same and like the same for everybody and but like subjectively you, you know that's not true um but also i mean like we were talking you know w there's cycles like th with the time wave zero thing cycles the fucking mayan calendar cycles astrology cycles the stock market right like isn't there like a cyclical nature even to the stock market like it's it is what we live, the, the seasons, like the years, the sun, like where we are, our time is based on cycles. And we, I feel like you and I were raised with this idea of it being something else. And it's something that was, I feel like it was like far removed from, it's like all of it was like set up to make us feel separate, like from nature and the universe. And like, we're not, we're not, it's like, and it's like, I feel like people are like, Oh, but we're from it. Like, no, we are it. We're a part of it and we are it like we're 
you can't take us away from it. Like, yeah. and we think of ourselves as being so separate from nature, but that's not true. We're fucking forces of nature. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. And well, the other thing with, um, in relation, I just wanted to point out that like, while I was like using instances of like American culture, but if you look at it, what happens like in America, like it's, there are similar sim, similar political revolutions that happen at the same time all around the world. Huh. Like, you know, like, for instance, in the 60s in America, we're having all these protests right. and the civil rights movement. Well, they were also, like, in France, like, going into democratic socialism and there was revolutions going on. And then the same in, like, Russia and, like... There was, like, political revolution going on in China, like, all at the same time. So, I... Well, too, yeah. not just to add to that, like, another thing that is interesting, like, um, all together you have, like, you know, if you're looking at the 60s and today, like, you have three main things together that I can see. There's probably more. But, like, you have revolution and, like, uprising, unrest. You have psychedelics becoming coming to the forefront and you have um fucking rocket launches to the moon and off the planet like that's just crazy but it's like weird that all those things tend to go together with this like human unrest like yeah change of people well uh, i wanted to ask you on the side no because one thing terrence mckenna talked about was um the use of psychedelics to treat alcoholism i was wondering like what you think about that Um, there was a time when I would have said, no, like, absolutely not. All drugs are bad for alcoholics. Um, I don't believe that anymore. I've been following, like, a lot of the research about that, like, Mm -hmm. just over the years. And I, like, just the attitudes are very much starting to change. And I would like... I would like to see a time where I could pursue those avenues with a therapist. Like I would definitely be open to that. I think it's like very hopeful from things that I've read. And, um, I think I also have come to a different understanding of what I think addiction and alcoholism is like, I'm really into like Gabor Mate who believes that like the, that trauma is really the root of it. Mm -hmm. Um, not just, you know, that I partied too much and like couldn't oh, handle yeah. my shit. Yeah. Um, you know, so th- yeah, there's so like the purpose of using psychedelics like with a therapist would be like to address some of these like early things. And it doesn't have yeah, to be that's what he was like, saying. Oh, it's not like, oh, like you were like beat up as a kid. It can be like oh, yeah. that your mom was like anxious or like that something happened when you were a baby in your family that like everybody was like really like distracted for a long time. Like the things like that can like, you know, depending on like the baby itself, like it could be, it could be prenatal. Like if your mom's right. stressed out while yes. she's pregnant. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. like, when I talk about trauma and, like, early trauma, I don't want anyone to ever think that, like, I feel like my parents did something because I don't. Um, I wonder what, I what babies are going to be like with pregnant moms now. Well, so this is That's one of the interesting things about Gabor Mate that got my attention is he talks about when he – because he says that he's a workaholic and um, that it is, like, hurt his family and stuff like that. And he was – he's a Jewish man and he was a baby during the Holocaust. And he said that um, his mom called the doctor because um, all of the babies, it was like a certain part of the Holocaust where like people were like being arrested. Like it was a very scary fucking time. Yeah. And like 
so mom called the doctor because her baby, Gabor, little baby Gabor, wouldn't stop crying. And when she called the doctor, he said, all my Jewish babies are crying. All my Jewish moms are calling and saying their babies won't stop crying because they were feeling the mom's um, the, the mom's anxiety. And um, so, like, when the baby can't, like, the baby needs to, like, regulate with the mom. Like, the baby can't self-regulate. So mm-hmm. in order to look self-regulation, like, the mom needs to be, like, fully present. And when she isn't for, like, something like that, some kind of reason like that, that can cause issues. Like, if there's not enough eye contact, that can cause issues. Like, so, like, there's all this, these things that can happen. Um, so yeah, maybe we're not just looking at a lazy bunch of shiftless generations of kids that are like getting addicted to heroin and stuff. Like maybe mommy is too fucking stressed out trying to work and have a baby and like doing all that shit. And maybe daddy isn't present enough cause he's too fucking stressed out and people don't have health insurance and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's going to, it's going to affect the babies right now. This, yeah. They're going to be affected. Yeah. Um, anyway, and, and so continues the cycle. See, and right. because that's. That's literally like, so even as like you're aging and deteriorating, but like you're, you have an effect on a younger generation and they take on your thing. So it's the, again, it's the inevitable timeline. But, right. And then there's also intergenerational trauma. So like if your mom's mom either was like abusive or she just couldn't get you to self-regulate and you never learned to self-regulate and now you have a baby, mm-hmm. you can't properly self-regulate. So the baby doesn't learn to self-regulate and on and on and on. Um, and, uh, we're only human too. Cause so there's only so much like that you can improve and change. Um, but again, back to these, these heightened, these, um, increasing novelties and the end of time. Like, yes. um, so with computers though, it's, it's, and I do believe that like he was talking about the internet, um, because yes, he was now like, like we're talking about um, these like uh, like the internet and the way it works or code or what have you to this point is like, you know, technology changes like at, at hyper hyper speeds at this point. Like, I mean, yeah. we're, we're like you, updating your computer every few months and like, you know, yeah. the apps are all being updated, whatever. And even people who are the people who are writing code, don't even really write code. They mostly copy and paste. And, and it's almost like the code is writing itself. It's pretty, it's kind of creepy. That is creepy. Um, so I do, yeah, I think like computers are evolving to a scary rate. Um, and he, yeah, he talked about the internet a lot. He talked about AI a lot. He talked about virtual reality a lot. And um, there's... Also, again, I do have to say, because he did talk about aliens, too, and, um, and like, um, I think Terrence McKenna was believed that mushrooms came from outer space. Like, they were, like... Uh, they're a sport, so they, like, yeah, they're a sport, so they blew here on the solar winds or whatever, he says. Yeah. Um, his brother did not believe that, but, because, um, I mean, they're very much a part of the Earth now, anyway. Um, right, yeah. But in any case, so he, but he, I think he believed they were like extraterrestrial, like themselves. He mushrooms. Did. He yeah. said that, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and, um, but I do, like this year, I remember like it was like so much was happening, like when the virus was like first new in the spring. And it was like all these like kind of heightened, like unrealistic sort of things were unreal, surreal realities were happening. And then, 
Um, the like, um, what's the, why am I blanking on the, the Pentagon comes out and they're like, um, oh, okay. UFOs are real. And they show like footage of it. They're like, if they're real, yes. UFOs are real. Here's the footage. So now everybody yes. knows. Like I, that was like so fucking weird to me. I know that. I know. And, and no one gave a fuck that it happened. I know. Like, Nobody gave a single fuck. Because, you know, everybody already, I think, had accepted it. They're just like, yeah, that's probably uh, real weird that the idea that we're the only living thing. So I think we accepted that so long ago that really we're like, yeah, duh. But we, I mean, we accepted it. But I mean, like, I accept it. But I didn't, like, believe that, like, UFOs were real. Until yeah, that I fucking mean, I, moment. I was like, oh shit. Like, cause I mean, I was always like skeptical. I was always like, well, these people want to believe in UFOs. So they just like take this footage, you know, they're like Mulder. I want to believe. So, you know, it, it kind of, um, influences their opinion, but like, no, uh, Pentagon came out and said, they're real. We have no idea what these like flying objects are and our pilots have encountered them and they're beyond our technology. And here you go. Here's footage. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. I didn't know that they're they're visiting us. So, but that's what I mean. Where Terrence McKenna was talking about, like, oh, you know, whatever. We they they're because he Terrence McKenna talked about at Time Wave Zero that an, an event that could happen is that we would have contact with aliens, and that probably did happen. We just didn't even know about it until like recently. Well, let me read this because it was in the that one Wired article that was written in 1999, like by a journalist that went to his house when he was dying of brain cancer. Um, but this talks about the alien thing. Also, it talks about his idea of what the transcendental object at the end of the text. But okay. um, so he McKenna argues that the imagery of aliens and flying saucers, which spring up in numerous tripping reports as well as in pop techno culture, are symbols of the transcendental technologies we are on the verge of creating. In other words, we are producing the alien ourselves from the virtual world of networked information. McKenna says This is crazy. This is like McKenna, so like chaos. Me, okay, sorry. Sorry, but this is, like, really interesting to me. Okay. Part Terrence McKenna said part of the myth of the alien is that you have to have a landing site. Well, I can imagine a landing site that's a website. If you build a website and then say to the world, put your strangest stuff here, your best animation, your craziest graphics, your most impressive AI software, very quickly something would arise that would be autonomous enough to probably stand your hair on end. You won't be able to tell what you whether you've got code, machine intelligence, or the real thing. McKenna thinks this is coming soon, within the next 10 or 20 years. This was 20 years ago that this was written. What the fuck does that sound like to you? Twitter? I mean, all of it. Yes. Yeah. All, of the, all of the... Yeah. Yes. Like, it's just amazing. It sounds, it sounds sorry, cooler. No, it sounds cooler than Twitter because... Uh, whatever what really happened to the internet is that it's owned by one giant corporation and there's three websites so that's actually really sad but true he's <laughs> describing no he is describing like more of a free market situation i get yeah. i totally see what you're saying and it's tragic yeah because it's not a free market it's not a free place for like ideas for, for our collective collective conscious excuse me our collective like conscience to truly go into one thing on the internet but like that was what he was saying and like really naturally that is what's happening but i think you're right i think to an extent it's being blocked by like these larger powers these conglomerates um they still haven't gotten podcasts though so podcasts are still 
open um, and free. Um, why we have this one. Yeah. So the other thing is, even though no one listens to ours, but that's okay because not, that's that's the beauty of podcasts is that some some will. some people don't listen to them. Some of them are listened to, and that's fine. Um, but the like uh, thing we're allowed to exist, you know. Um, but uh, now I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, what I was gonna say was, which is crazy, listening to this. Cause I, uh, I finished that three body, body problem book by, um, yeah. the, uh, Chinese author, Xu, I don't know how to say her name. Um, yeah. and, uh, it's basically what the aliens do is they basically do that. They built a website that was a virtual reality video game that, um, basically like told the, the story of their planet and their history and got people on earth like addicted to it to a point where they started a religion that um was meant to sabotage the human race to um accept the alien force because they they were like they're an alien force that like um can uh they're basically colonizers like they you yeah. know come and destroy they like suck up your resources and destroy the planet and um but that's how they got the that's how they first infiltrated like earth is through a video game that was on the web a website it was called the three body problem dot net yeah so you you mean basically they were doing what we will do as a race when we finally get off the planet and get to explore other things we're just gonna fucking suck them all dry and make them our slaves excuse me oops did i say that i mean humanity is good at heart we'll be fine and well the thing that's very interesting about this book too is there is there's like that two power plays like there are human beings on earth that hate humanity and see us as like what you just said like we're we're just ruining the earth so they're like accelerationists where they invite this destructive alien force to come and take out the human race because as human beings they hate the human race themselves um so they let me be clear Hmm? i don't hate the human race i think we have a beautiful spiritual side of light as well but we're just not looking at that right now Anyway, sorry. Oh yeah, I mean we're we're a part of nature too. Yeah, we're a mm-hmm. part of it. Um, but I'm just saying the book's interesting in that way. Um, just just like in in the full spectrum of humanity, you know. Um, and uh, also one of the things that the alien race did. Um, they're called uh, the um, they're called Trisolarians. Is that or is, am I getting that right? I have no idea. It's been a minute since I read the book. I forget books like two weeks after I read them. Um, by but any in any case, one thing that they did um, as well to was to make sure that we didn't advance our technology to be a threat to them because once they leave their planet, even though they have. Um, harness the technology to travel at the speed of light across, you know, universes so they can get to earth. It still takes like 450 years. So to be sure that, um, the earth, but, and if the earth, if we advanced our technology at that, at the rate that we were at that point in time, that 450 years, we would be actually equals to fight with them our technology would be equal to their technology. 
So what they did was, and I don't even really fully understand this, but they sent like a, um, a particle that could like travel really fast at the speed of light across universes and be received on earth. But it's like an, an atom that can unfold into like, um, four dimensions and it's invisible and like coats over the earth. And like, and one of the ways was through like the creating a religion through their, through their game and it was to stifle scientific theory and thought so that they wouldn't advance technology. So that was the other point of the religion that they attempted to create through this video game was to like stymie um, scientific progress. Wow, I feel like we're in it right now. It's like, I was like, the book was like, honestly, while I was reading it, like boring. Um, but after reading it, like thinking about everything, like it's That's one cool. of those book those books that you like, you know, afterwards are like, like really soak in everything because yeah, it's that's why I like Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, I mean it's so complex that you're just kind of like going through it. It's not like a page turner in the sense like entertaining in that sort of way. It's just kind of like whatever. But yeah, I got the second book, which apparently is even more boring than the first. So we'll see how long it takes me to finish it. Um, <laughs> but again, what I was saying, like when we were talking. Again, I just did, maybe it's because I'm reading this book at the same time and we're thinking about this, but this Guattari and the way he's talking about machines is like so similar to what Terrence McKenna was saying about the singularity. I was like, I mean, Terrence McKenna, I feel like is talking about the singularity, which um, you know what the singularity is, right? It's where, I feel like I, I like look, I'm like, what is that again? And I, like, feel like, I just don't feel like I have a good understanding of the idea. It's which like, is weird. I'm really into this stuff. Well, it's, um, okay. So in physics, it's a point at which function takes an infinite value, especially in space time when matter is infinitely dense as at the center of a black hole. Okay. So there's that, but I was thinking, but the, so it is re relates um, but there is a okay here it is here's the third it's definition like a yeah a hypothetical moment in time when artificial intelligence and other technologies have become so advanced that humanity undergoes a dramatic and irreversible change oh again then I guess yeah that, all right I guess I did I just thought it was something more general than that I think no and well and also it's kind of like I always saw the singularity as being like when the humanity and machine are like one, like we're, we're, there's no separating the, the human being from the machine, which well, I mean, undoubtedly yeah. will change us technology forever. Once we're like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, but I mean, and it's like, I feel like you're saying like physically, but I feel like we're already there. We're already inextricable from it. It is so ingrained in our societal structures and our stories as human beings. Like, and remember, cause like, yeah. I'm really into this whole, like, oh my God, like think about our reality and how we talk about the reality in the universe. Like all we have is like our one singular human perspective, which is very limited. And then our collective human perspective, which is also super limited. And like all we ha all our reality is, is just like these stories that we tell ourselves and each other like mm -hmm. remember in the 80s like you would have never had like a, a there was a fucking show called peewee's playhouse where like he had a video phone and that shit was never going to happen in 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 the world and like look at us now you know i guess what i'm saying is like i don't know i've confused myself 
Um, no, it, you can't take, you can't separate us now from technology. Like it's in us. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, you could still, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm like thinking like you could still like decide to check out and, you know, go to a farm and, you know, uh, return to nature in that way. You can't um, though. You can't be off grid. You can't be fully off grid. It's like been made impossible, like by the government, and that's a whole nother fucking episode. Yeah, it's and it's um, also the other thing that about going off grid or something like that um, that no one really talks about is uh, it's usually like wealthy white people that do that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not really something that a working class person has can have the opportunity to do because no, you I need can't money even to do that. Like, I can't even afford to move to a different state. Yeah. So, I mean, like, poor people were like, fucked. There's no way we can unplug. Um, unless you just like become a survivalist and go live on the streets of the city and be like a homeless by choice or something. That's very that's very Steinbeck of you. That's like what one of the characters in East of Eden does. The dad in his early yeah. life, he becomes a vagabond. Which, cool. which is again, can we like that's like some that's like a repeat of history like that is an undercurrent. There's always like an under a, an individual in society that completely like on purpose like unplugs. And there's been like different names for that person, hermit vagabond Uh homeless you know whatever the fuck um i don't know what i'm i I don't know what tangent i was on there but and you know yippies that go out to farms and back to earthers whatever you fucking call them um oh what i think this is an interesting um an interesting part of the time wave. So like an interesting quality. So it's a fractal. Once up, I'm and I, right now I'm reading from a time wave zero website on alternative culture magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, a remarkable quality of the time wave is that it's a fractal. Once a part of the wave is displayed, the software allows you to expand any smaller parts down to 92 minutes. This usually reveals a complexity of structure which persists however much the wave is magnified, a property of typical fractals. The idea that time has a fractal structure in contrast to the Newtonian concept of time as pure unstructured duration is a major departure from the common view of the nature of time and physical reality. That time is a fractal may be the reason why fractals occur in nature. So like not only is it like a wave, but it's also fractal. Yeah, and um, um, Guattari talks about the, like, rhizome as a human experience, which is that there, it's not, like, linear, that our experience is actually, um, like, it, it, it expands to, like, many different possibilities and happenings all at one, at one time. Um, yeah. Yeah, Deleuze talks about the rhizome too. Rhizome. I had to look up rhizome. Uh, it's like a like a fucking multi dimensional. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why. I, I mean, I just looked it up. It's like a root system, so I get it. Um, and, and I knew I've heard the word before, but not in terms of time. 
Yeah, yeah. He talks about he talks about it in terms of with the using the rhizome, um, and then also the internet is a has been talked about as a rhizome or a tree root system, like the the way the internet's supposed mm-hmm. to be built. Um, gotcha. <clears throat> an experience. Yeah, the person who invented the internet, I forget his name. Interesting. But the internet was it's a tree. I mean, that's essentially the root of a website um from you know when websites were built like this like it's like a a tree it's like you have your index and then you have your pages and the html like different pages and like it it comes out like a tree supposed to but like i actually and i'm like trying to so i remember hearing that trees are fractals yeah like a rhizome is a fractal gotcha okay gotcha yeah interesting Um, i think i was missing that point when you were saying that yeah no i'm saying that that he has the same theory of time as mckenna that i thought was like interesting and yeah you know it's hard to understand, like, it's crazy, but, like, at the same time, like, is your experience of time ever just been one static thing that always seems to go the same all the, no, it's different all the time, like, depends on what you're doing, and, like, it depends on the day, like, it's fucking crazy, like, if you really start to pay attention to it, it depends on what you're thinking about, it depends on your mood. So, if we're at the time wave zero the singularity what are what do you theorize so we're at the singularity so we're theorizing we're theorizing that terence mckenna's time wave zero has come true has come to fruition and we're at the end of time going towards the transcendental object time is speeding up on itself there's heightened amount of novelties um at one point in time than there ever have been in the history of time happening um so what what do you what do you think well i just want to mention this because it it sticks with me and it comes up in my head all the time and like there was a talk that he did that terence mckenna says that he believes that we as a race like when all this kind of is complete are going to return to what he and I remember because it's like specifically like the wording he said an ancient way of life like he didn't say old he didn't you know he said specifically an ancient way of life and I don't know what that means but like again it suggests to me like the restarting of a huge cycle like we're talking like four or five thousand year cycles Mm -hmm. um you know so I, I don't know what that means um he never really he never said like I know what's gonna happen he always said like I don't know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. you know um I don't know what the transcendental object at the end of time is um so yeah I honestly like I just think shit's gonna continue to like get crazier I don't think that like I don't necessarily think that there's gonna be like one event you know uh I I don't know I I think that probably judging from like he died in like 2000 judging from like how things have been going and like what his ideas and predictions were like i would say yeah probably has something to do with technology and our relationship to it and how that is going to change our consciousness and like there's people who do believe that like because like because like we're getting so advanced and i feel like he talked about this too but like there's like an idea too that like we 
okay. So God damn it. So like, this is a whole nother thing that I didn't really necessarily want to get into, but him and Dennis McKenna also had this, like the stoned eight theory, which to be quick says that like millions of years ago, human beings, like we coexisted with when we came down from the trees, Mm -hmm. there was cows and they pooped and then that grew psychedelic mushrooms. So like Mm -hmm. we were around them and like, they believe that it gave us like it, like, sent us to like the next level mm-hmm. of thought where like as before like we didn't have language and then like we were able to develop language and we had better phys- visual acuity so like we were able to like hunt and like do all these things it was like this like quantum leap in human um evolution which like i don't know maybe that's something that's like happening now with technology yeah i mean i've also heard it theorized that um man's um humankind being able to create fire and thus cook meat and then we ate more meat and the protein from the meat made our brains grow and that was like part of our evolution but probably was um probably needed both probably needed a bunch of things to make us this yeah i see for me i think that humanity is self-destructive okay And I also think that we create our machines too, as well, uh, like to self-destruct because they're made in our image. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm actually fearful of like, I, I, I'm actually fearful. I don't, I don't know. I can't really extra, like say, like really put my nose on it, but I do think that there's going to be like some mass destruction before I mean, there's any change well, probably at some point i maybe but like again I, I have to think like again does it matter because it, it we come down to that like fractal nature of time where or fractal nature of like being human well right? like here, so, like, here there's, here's like, a the theory whole of humanity and then there's like being one human and like you're always moving toward your end like your final apocalypse or whatever um, as a, as a human race, I mean, you know that I'm not that optimistic. Well, like here, here, here's a theory. Okay. So like, I'm saying that we create technology to self-destruct. So what has happened? We've gone to this point where we invented the internet, which is this tool that has been, that is, has the capacity to connect and have people communicate at the speed of light all across the world in any language. So basically unifying the entire world uh, collectively like we're all connected now which has never happened in the history of the planet okay that's significant so what what have we done with this with this tool we've have our wealthy people the elites um completely control it and have dumbed it down to like three or four sites and they also own all of our information, which just makes it easier to, for them to enslave us. And they also control us by having like just these three websites where we only have like all this misinformation. So inevitably we've created the internet to self-destruct on itself because it's, it's made in the likeness of us. So it's now just all greed and power and misinformation. And now we were at a point where we could have been collectively like stronger as a globe for like a split second. And now, and it's all like 
gone though, because now, now we're not really communicating. We're actually just exchanging a bunch of misinformation to each other. Um, we're actually stupider than we were, um, before the internet. I definitely agree with that. Um, but you have to account also for the wackiness of where we think we are in, in the time wave, you know, like just the thing that would happen right now is exactly what you don't expect. And like, you know what I mean? It's like you're – I agree with what you're saying as of the way things stand right now today. Yeah. Well, I'm world. saying what if what if we got to that point in 2012, but now time is resetting itself and we're going backwards? Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. All of those things could be happening. Like, I, yeah, like, are, I mean, are we just at the beginning of a new cycle? Like you said, going backwards, like there was the idea of like being pulled toward this end of time date or whatever. There's also the possibility that the date was off by a few years mm-hmm. or 20 years or 10 years. Like there's that too, because we're talking about huge spans of time. Well, there was a, like, what were some of the other things going on in 2012 where it seemed to like really make sense? Well, the Mayan calendar and the Mayan calendar, the long count cycle ended it in 2012, which would have also been not the accurate date. And what, what made them end the calendar in 2012? It doesn't have something I to do with know. the sun cycle. I think it has to, I, I, it has to do shit. with like the, just the way that their cycles go. I, I'm sure that it probably has something astrological. I don't really know. I think it um, did have something astrological. I mean, the, the Mayans definitely were tuned with the star. I, I, I think that they calculated their calendar by the stars and it's actually more accurate than ours. Um, so, you know, it's like possible that we miscalculated what the, what year it was for the Mayans. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, could you imagine, I, I mean, I can't imagine listening to this podcast. It must be so frustrating for smart people. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I could just see that, like, incel meme of that guy, like, crying, like, angry crying. <laughs> like, that's what our audience looks like listening to us. Um, um, that incel meme, I love it. I mean, I would say, like, you know, like, like World War Three would happen. But, you know, World War Three has already happened. And we just don't know about it. Yeah, we're, like, in it, probably. The Um, revolution will not be televised. It's, we're not going to, we're not going to be, I don't know. Well, another thing, too, about how I see as a world, like, we're all connected in in the same, like, the collective, well, collective unconsciousness is what um, Jung called it. Um, which is like another thing I love young, Jungian psychology, but then again, too, Jungian psychology, just to kind of like be like what Guattari is in comparison to Jung. So like Jungian is like a dualism, like our, which is, you know, our conscious reality and our unconscious reality and our relationship to that. Whereas Guattari is like that, like five dimensions of, of like, um, our experience psychologically. Yeah, it's like, anyway. Um, So, in any case, with the the collective unconsciousness, though, um, I, like, I believe in that, and I do believe that we are all connected and and in that way, um, because uh, our political movements are all connected in every country, no matter what our language is and whether we are reading the same paper or not. 
Um, and even like today, like I was disturbed about the protest happening in France today, Mm -hmm. um, because they're in France, they're trying to make this new law where you can't record police officers. Oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really disturbing. Cause I mean, that's like really fucked up. I can't even believe that, you know, I thought they were like more progressive than us over there and yeah. they're well, like shit's fucked up right now yeah shit's flipping. yeah well i mean i also think people in france definitely protest way harder than people in the united states um right but uh yeah so they're like protesting that because there's like police brutality there and i just think it's interesting like where i mean we have police brutality in united states as well um but it's more on a class divide Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know France has issues with racism when it comes to Islamophobia, um, in comparison to the U S because that's their, their immigrant threat, I guess. So, um, but somebody, Oh, is this going to be my package? I'm not getting a package anyway. Sorry. There's a truck outside my house and I'm like, are they delivering a package? But, oh, well, well, Fargo wagon is a coming down the street. But I was like, I'm also like, I'm not expecting a package, so I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you're an idiot. Um, in any case, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting, like, that this is going on in France. And even, like, when we were doing all the, the Black Lives Matter protests in the U.S., they were happening across the world as well. And it was just, yeah. that was always, yeah. like, um, strange to me. Um but. Well, do you know that Terrence McKenna is youngian? Like he he studied yes. young in school, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I heard him. He talked about that in some of his talks. So yeah, cool. I do know that he. But that's how I know it too. Um, there, and there's like another young talk. I I want to read more young. I actually like have only read one book uh, of Carl Young's, and that was also like like ten, fifteen years ago. But which book? Um, memories, dreams, reflections, I think it's called. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I it's, haven't, but I would like to. And also yeah. his like last book, which I guess the red book. Yes. I really yeah. want to get my hands on that. Um, yeah, I want, I want to read the red book too. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, but yeah. So other than that, uh, I wish, I mean, I like philosophy and reading this guitar is really interesting i wish i had the mental capacity to understand it it's like just so it's it's kind of frustrating it's like reading math um so i will say that about terrence mckenna so you've read some terrence mckenna i've i've literally just like i actually haven't i've actually never read any of his books which i oh i thought you read the first one yeah no just like listen to his talks and like research him on the internet yeah so because i wonder i because his talks are so it's very easy to follow him um so uh i imagine that his he's very he's readable you know so oh i'm sure yeah um and yeah um i don't know i don't really know what else to say about time wave zero should we do closing thoughts? Let's do closing thoughts. I think we're at a good time frame because I could go on and on about 
all of us. Well, one little thing, and I think we should do a podcast about this character as well, Bill Hicks. Which yeah. You, oh, yeah, the Bill Hicks connection. Yeah. Um, which didn't surprise me because... I mean, Bill Hicks, like, has that, like, legendary um, conclusion to one of his stand-up where he says, when he talks about life is just a ride. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, and then he talks about his own psychedelic experiences. And I think that um, I was not surprised to hear that he was in, into Terrence McGenna. Um, yeah I'm it's not it's like surprising but like it makes sense but I'm like I never would have put those two together oh yeah no I kind of really sensed a similarity like when I was listening to Terrence McKenna's talks the way he talks about the psychedelic experience I was like it what it reminded me of Bill Hicks it really did Um, anyway and Bill Hicks is we there's like there's lovers and haters of Bill Hicks so it'd be interesting um, I feel like as a Bill Hicks fan, I spent a lot of time defending Bill Hicks. Mm, or, I don't think there's anything to defend. Or, or to like tell people that or to convince people that he is funny. Because like that's like being a Bill Hicks fan is convincing people that he is funny and uh, defending like people saying that he was like problematic or some shit. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I feel like if someone said that to me, I'd be like, we're probably not going to get along. In life. And, you know, honestly, I feel like we're really close nowadays to knowing uh, about the JFK assassination. Oh, yeah? That I think, you know, Bill Hicks would love to be alive for this. Like, for instance, that I was reading the other day that it's highly probable that it actually was a CIA hit. Uh Uh-huh. And, um... Because there's like all these classified documents that is that's from the CIA, and people are like, it's like kind of obvious that they're connected. Yeah. Um, yeah. kind of in the same way, it's obvious they're connected to nine eleven because yeah, um, the building three that exploded for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> that had the CIA CIA offices in. Uh-huh. Anyway, CIA yeah. is fucking creepy, and now that Joe Biden's president, they're gonna be. Um, more um, active again that was like one thing people said like Trump was like not like friendly with the CIA um, and collaborating with them which was like one reason why a lot of they a lot of the upper uh, the elites wanted him out of the White House Um, anyway um, who the fuck knows maybe we're gonna find out we actually wanted him (laughs) Who, Donald Trump? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, he is a fucking asshole. He really is. I mean, yeah. it's he's he's a shitty person. Yeah, there's a lot of shitty people in the government, though. Exactly. No, but I, here's the I, thing. I know. I th- he's a piece of shit person, but are, are his policies really more harmful than Joe Biden's will be? You know? That's my thing. It's like, yeah. are they? Probably not. Probably not. Um, apparently, like, Joe Biden's plan for for uh, assault weapons is like to make a tax that like you have to pay every year. So basically like, Oh, I see like $200 per and it's like, but like the problem, and I didn't realize this myself, so like poor people, can't get attention, hunt, but done. it's like, um, so now what? So rich people are now allowed to have semi-automatic weapons yes. and poor people are not. And if you own <laughs> them so and crazy. you can't afford it, you're now a criminal for having them in your fucking house. 
congratulations, welcome to Joe Biden's America. Yeah. This is what I voted for. It's so fucked. Yeah. Um, whatever. I didn't vote for him. <laughs> I know. But that's the thing. It's like, oh, uh, like lesser two evils. But yeah. And then it's like, it's like the, the, the Democrat mind fuck where like, if I go and, you know, when, when I say this opinion, it makes it sound like I like am in the NRA. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. that's not the fucking point. Like the, the point is not that I think everybody needs a gun. The point is that like, then it should be for everybody illegal. Like you can't just make it now unaffordable for yeah. some people. Yeah. It's fucked up. And then also, what are they going to do with that tax money anyway? That's what I said. I don't know. They'll, I don't know what they'll probably is, but yeah, I mean, put it towards the military, put it towards more guns. That's what they'll right, do with exactly. the tax money. Yeah. yeah. To suppress us. Like, so, right. So it's like all about suppression mm-hmm. um, and bullshit and propaganda. And it's just like, in a, like I said, like how, what's the style you want to be fucked? Yeah. Hello? No, I'm podcasting. Jesus fucking Christ, Gus. Jesus, you're ruining it. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ, Gus. You're ruining it. Anyway, Joe Biden sucks. Yeah, I mean, they all fucking suck. Um, but, uh, yeah, so here we are. I don't know. Maybe just the, the time wave is just going parabolic now. And we won't have to deal with this shit for much longer because, like, we'll be dead for some reason. Yeah, we'll be dead, but yeah, we'll be dead. Who cares? Well, I mean, in that thing, though, it did say life and death can exist simultaneously at that point. Like, everything is, like, it's not the same as now. Like, there's not even, it just doesn't make sense. In the in where we are now, the idea of that wouldn't make sense. Like, we can't imagine it from here. What? The What would happen during, like, at once we reach the transcendental object at the end of time, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense from our current perspective because it, it just doesn't, wouldn't work the same. I think, um, that humanity, we have reached the transcendental object and humanity is just getting dumber and dumber. And eventually our nuclear weapons will um, self-destruct and um, kill a lot of people and um, put us into extinction. If we don't do it by nuclear weapons, then it will be environmental collapse. Um, Yeah. Because... I mean, that for sure, that's what's going to happen to us and this planet. So either we need to get off the planet or we're going to die here and the planet's going to be fine either way. Yeah, the planet will survive after us. But, um, yeah, I don't... I don't see... I don't see humanity um, being able to thrive. I don't. It's it, Because of, like... I would hope that meeting the transcendental object at the end of time would mean that... Um, Energy would be free because essentially think about it. If he's talking about ancient returning to ancient civilization in ancient civilization, energy was not a commodity. It was something that was harnessed as a community and free and available to everyone. Like, you mean like how they say that there's like Tesla coils in the pyramids? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Or even just, you know, the river and irrigation systems, like even that, you know, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like, that yeah, like tech. you couldn't, 
like a human being couldn't own the land kind of ancient. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Well, and that, I, I feel like that to him, it, it, like, again, it's like, that's like part of the psychedelics thing, especially mushrooms. Cause that's like brings you one with the earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, who the fuck knows? Maybe, maybe we need psychedelics plus technology in order for us to evolve past the point that we're at. And we just can't like imagine that shit right now. Again, from where we're at, like, can you imagine a world where everybody's like plugged in and like everything's like all fucking psychedelic and like we're all plugged into like one consciousness? Like, no, it's impossible to fucking imagine that from here. Yeah, and I just, I also don't see the people in power giving up that power because well, they, they would that, have to. There would have to be like a, again, like we were saying, a violent like, revolution, a major power restructuring that would need to occur where to the point where like yeah, we're at again an ancient place where like nobody's like. You know, we, we're tribal or something. Like, it will we're, we're be, I don't fucking know. It will I, I have to be. It will have to be violent. I just don't uh, see probably, it yeah. happening like in a peaceful way. I think you're right about that. Um. So yeah. Uh, there's always a revolution, and you know, yeah, it's always violent, and then power structures like change, and then we go into a new cycle of like where everybody's like, great, like we're free, and then like shitty people do shitty things and yeah monstrosity fucking takes over again humanity can't exist has to exist in a hierarchy it can't exist human ego yeah i mean unless that's another so that's another thing of terence mckenna's too is like so like there's this idea that like the mushroom was like what made humans what they are and like caused us to have this sort of like be able to communicate in language and all these things and then but also kept the ego at bay so he also believes that like at some point there was like the people that some people got enough power that they like took it away from everybody else, like that knowledge Mm -hmm. so that humanity couldn't have that knowledge. So like without that to keep the ego in check, then that's when it just like grew into this like fucking uncontrollable monster where everybody's like killing each other. Like there's also sort of like this idea that we don't have to be that way. He also brought up um, bonobos. Um, oh yeah the monkeys yeah he also brought up they're not monkeys they're apes marine oh my bad the primates <laughs> uh, sorry i just know that they f a lot they do a lot but i i remember him talking about them go ahead yeah well no i mean well because well first off it's they're apes but they're not the same i don't know all the um the names gene genius right whatever um as uh chimpanzees like the chimpanzees and bonobos are both apes but they're not the same like family or whatever um and but the secret to the bonobo society is that yeah everybody fucks and he he talks about the loss of ego because everybody fucks And, and his thing was what what part of the destruction of humanity was a man Figuring that, you know, uh, having sex with a woman led to a baby and, and seeing that offspring as his. And then. Yes, I heard this talk. Yeah. And then that, so that was his. So then the female was his. And, and it was like that, like. You can own a person. The patriarchy is what has created this shit hellhole we live in now. It's the patriarchy. Yes. Whereas in the bonobos. Which I think coincided with the 
loss of uh, of the tree of knowledge, which is potentially mushrooms or maybe yeah. DMT. And and whereas the bonobos are a matriarchal society, which um, women what they do is they use sex to um, have everyone be happy. So yeah, and there's no ownership in a matriarchal society. Each other's kids. Exactly. There's no ownership. It's all community. Um, And they're they they have like the most peaceful society. Whereas the chimpanzees, when you study those in comparison, there there's like constant violence in chimpanzee um, colonies. Um, That's so interesting. The other interesting thing about um, that I thought was funny. In chimpanzee colonies, um, so there is like a constant, like violence is an inevitable ebb and flow of their society um, because there's a male, there's a male who's in charge because there's a hierarchy and because of the hierarchy, um, eventually it it must come to an end, but it comes at the end in violence. But um, the rule of a ruler is decided upon the the community itself like so it is kind of like a democracy like as soon as like they decide to like whatever that the one person should step down basically a group of champs will like support the person who who is going up against to fight the um leader and that's basically it's a younger champ so they eventually they fight and they fight and then depending on how peaceful the the ruler's rule was um, is how bad the fight gets. So if you were a bad ruler where you were very violent and, and mean to everyone below you, then yeah. when you came to lose power, most often they ended up like beating them to death and castrating. Yeah. They would castrate um, the person as the chimp as well. So they beat them to Basically, death. What? Due to Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, well, Not actually, Donald Trump... Specifically, but... That's not what we do because Donald Trump in comparison to Obama was more peaceful. So Right, true. But um in any case, yeah, they would like they kill them whereas if it was a peaceful rule, then like basically the chimp pretty much just there's not really much of a scuffle. They pretty much just step down and they retire peacefully in the community. Um and it's not like as violent. If the if, huh. so there there is a like it's not like their chimps are like super hyper violent or anything. Like it's just that it's because the hierarchy um, exists that that's just the way it needs to function because that's how a hierarchy right. functions. But they they actually um, hold up like that. Um, they want to. They want their colony to be peaceful. They don't want you know violence. Like peace is actually something that. Um, is constantly being struggled for like us. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think elites struggle for peace just so to reduce property damage as much as, as much as possible or something. I don't know. I just meant as an ideal. I didn't mean like in actuality, like oh, functionally yeah. really. Um, although they do like you do, because like the point is like to protect your stuff and like your people. So like you theoretically would want peace to do that. But like, yeah, again, like we have this conqueror in us, like we, like the earth has been taken over. Like we are. Right, so Carl and I were watching the uh, Joe Rogan, Mike Tyson interview last night, which was oh, actually I listened to that. interesting. I listened to it's that. interesting. Um, so Mike Tyson likes mushrooms too. 
Well, that's, yeah, like, so we, it, and it was, like, weird, because, like, Carl was showing it to me, because this fight, the fight was last night, Mike Tyson's fight, and um, he started talking about Terrence, like, like, Terrence McKenna came up, which, of course, Joe Rogan brought up Terrence McKenna, because Joe oh, yeah. Rogan thinks he's, like, right now the Terrence McKenna of our time, which he's, he's not, so but not. <laughs> he is bringing these things into the forefront of yeah. the conversation in popular culture again in a way that, like, Terrence McKenna is giving per- people permission to say, like, I had this experience, and it's valid, rather than, like, I had this experience, and I'm crazy crazy mm-hmm. um but anyway yeah so we oh shit so did mike we tyson were, win? oh how conquer so he was mike tyson was talking about conquerors because he got very into like these like great men conquerors and like carl and i were like talking about how like basically like who took over the like the entire world like has been built on conquerors like we're from conquerors mm-hmm. we come you know what i mean it's in our blood and like so it's like the peaceful ones died out and then like the conquerors like took over so like here we are too with that mm-hmm. except like you know in the amazon yeah <laughs> like- <laughs> we definitely evolved from chimps and not bonobos yeah, I mean, I think that's part. Or, I I don't know, I feel like we, I feel like, too, like, there's certain people, like, if you look at the poly community, who, like, idealize, like, that way of living. Um, yeah, and, and I... use sex for the same purposes. The reason... Funding and, and, and release of stress and tension and community. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why, like, hippies were in orgies and shit like that. That was part of it, was to break gotcha. down, was to break down ego. And whatever. yeah, um, <clears throat> but whatever, um, I guess you jealous. I can't get into that shit because yeah, my ego, I mean, I'm, I'm like constantly, like I'm like run by my ego and I'm constantly, I really related to like, I loved the Mike Tyson interview as an addict. I loved it. Um, because he, he talks about his ego and he talks about how fighting, which is like his fucking one true love feeds his ego and it's dangerous for him and his addiction. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was like interesting how he sort of touched on that. Um, but I, actually I think, cause then I watched that part again. I don't know if he was necessarily talking about fighting or being on camera. Like he was saying like the being on camera, uh, like, and, and the fighting all that together, like this lifestyle feeds his ego. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah no and well and he talks about how his wife keeps him in check and yeah. like and also though one of the reasons why he didn't want to fight again though is because it does put him in this like mindset and it's right. bad for his family like they don't like yep. him when he's training because yeah because like, he goes like on fire yeah um but but the other thing that Carl's, because I didn't watch the fight, but Carl's, like, really into boxing, so he did. Um, and he's also in, interested in, like, all, of, like, this anti-aging shit that Mike Tyson is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, um, fuck, I keep, I, we gotta, like, stop. I keep losing my goddamn train of thought. Um, oh, did he win? That's disappointing. Oh, yeah, no. So he should, He like, if you watch the fight, Carl was saying, like, he definitely won. But because it was, like, I guess the situation and, like, the fight was for charity, like, they called it a draw. So he said, like, the other guy was, like, basically, like, from the first round, like, it was, like, he was surprised he was still standing. But so they told Mike Tyson this, and apparently he took it with, like, a large amount of like grace which in the past he would not and he talked about this in, in this interview too so i feel like i feel proud of him i like hope for him that was like a personal win like being an addict knowing how like something small like that that seems small to other people like his reaction mm-hmm. like that can be a fucking game changer so good for him also i liked in the interview when he talked about um how he gets an erection when he's fighting <laughs> 
I know that was weird. <laughs> that was like really awkward moment. I, I know, you, but like it makes sense though because like the testosterone. But yeah, totally. Like he's, I like, can't believe I you was, felt like, wow open enough to say that. That's what surprised me about it that he wasn't afraid to say it because like you know that like especially in the past world like and maybe not as much now but like there was a time where people would have been like he's a fucking faggot like and he just would have lost his career over that shit. well you know the thing is though i was watching like a chimpanzee fight and they get erections when they're fighting well, it's the testosterone of course yeah. they're, you're excited yeah like and humans do like we have we do have violence in our blood like tool mm-hmm. has a song about it vicarious like we need to see it we need to watch it mm-hmm. but like as long as it's like not us you know that's like dying but like also i guess because for males you know like you have that like instinct to like personally fight what's the um, song but, like rage tool? feels good uh vicarious oh. it's from Ten Thousand days um he just talks about like basically like how it, to me, it's it's almost saying like like watching the news at night and stuff is like basically just like the same as like watching human sacrifice. Like we, it's in us. Like mm-hmm. we need to see violence. We need it to live. And like, but we want to watch it from like we want to be safe. You know, like these mm-hmm. movies that we watch. Like is it's it's we're attracted to violence. It does give us a heart on. Yeah. Um, I felt like I had something to say. But now I forget it. Sorry. No, that's okay. I don't know Um, why I assume it's my fault. No, well, because you're a woman and it is. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I really, I enjoyed the, the Mike Tyson interview as well. And yeah, they got into the mushroom talk and everything. Um, And yeah, I, for, I there was something I wanted to add, but I oh I would that's this is what I wanted to add is I wanted to tell you I wish I could I can't remember it though, um I would I wonder if there's like a way to see your watch history but I watched it like so long ago, but I watched this documentary on um like possible futures and yeah. um and one of them was um a possible future like how like we're becoming like for instance it's a it's a theory on the singularity and one point of the singularity is that eventually like the there won't be any jobs for people it'll all be like machines that's gonna be soon yeah that's gonna be sooner than you think and that if we don't take if society doesn't take on a socialist progressive um point of view of how the economy should function then like a lot of people are going to die or a lot of people are because it's not going to change like no one's going to willingly change it who's in power right now i think you're right like there will be violence great suffering Mm -hmm. like there's going to be like probably mass migrations like i think you're going to see americans like doing what mexicans are doing right now i think it's Mm going to happen faster than we think um i don't know a time frame like in our lifetime i mean i could be 10 years could be 100 years i don't fucking know but i think it's going to happen faster and there's going to be like water shortages water riots water wars like this is all going to happen like Mm -hmm. soon and um i mean again just to bring up like another you know edgar casey did predict like these major changes as well um as like human changes and like geological changes and and, um some of them got very specific 
Um, but yeah, like there's, there's going to be great upheaval. There's going to be great suffering and ultimately like it'll probably improve us for humanity, but that's not going to be in our lifetimes where we get the suffering part. Oh yeah. But you know, if you're on board with fucking Mike Tyson, then you are getting reincarnated. So like whatever. Oh my God. I forgot about that part. (laughs) Yeah. He got a real, yeah. I, I, I was into what he's talking about, but. I don't want to be reincarnated. That's like. You won't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if it's the thing, then you already have been and you don't know and you won't know. Yeah, I guess then I would be fine with it if I don't know. Because existing again and again on this plane of existence is fucking depressing as shit. Well, Buddhism, um, then you have to follow Buddhism if you feel like that's your reality. Yeah. Oh, I have to. Because the point of that is to to reach Bani Safa. How? What do you say? How do you say it? Bodhisattva. Well, become the Bodhisattva. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but Bodhisattvas still get reincarnated. The point of being a Bodhisattva is that you like dedicate your lives to helping other people become enlightened. Oh, okay. Um. Which is actually more the ideal than necessarily becoming enlightened in a lot of cases. Or become going be going to Nirvana or whatever. Um, so, but the point, like, really, like, when to bring it back, sort of down to earth, like, the point of Buddhism, the point of Buddhist meditation is to prepare you for death. So, like, in a sense, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what happens after this. Like, think about it. Like, when you're dying, like, your brain's gonna go places. Shitty shit's gonna get released. Chemicals get released. Like, it's gonna be fucking crazy. And like, you need to keep your shit together. Otherwise, like mentally you know what I mean it's like at that point it's like are you gonna be like experience you could be experiencing an eternity eternity of suffering because like you got carried away with a negative thought at the point of your death Mm -hmm. so like for Buddhists that means that you would get like a lower rebirth to Mm -hmm. oversimplify so the point of that is to like once you get your mind to a pure enough place, like there's actually a time and they like, I have a book where they lay out for you, like the death process and like what happens in your mind and like, like at what points, like you can be like basically freed from this and, and you can get away from like this sort of experience of, of what they call Maya, the illusion which is what we're in right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And what you get reincarnated into. And when, yeah, any life, anything in this, you're going to suffer. Like, that's, like, basically what it is. That's the core of it. Hmm. I want to borrow this book. Oh, my God. It's so interesting. I It's, like, very dense. Um, it, it's called um, the – oh, shit. Well, there is one called the Tibetan Book of Living, Living and Dying mm-hmm. um, that really talks a lot about it, too. But this one is about the Bardos, and I cannot remember. Oh, yeah, you told me I should read it before I read the George Saunders book. Okay, yeah. I mean, this one is dense. I would, I like... It's, how it, dense? It, how many pages? I don't know how many. I mean, I don't have it in front of me. It's a lot of pages, but it's, like, also a lot of dense Buddhist theory. Um, so it like takes a little bit to get through, but like, yeah, I mean, it's fucking crazy. Like, Dude, I have I'm, no I'm idea that the right police were this specific. I'm reading Guattari right now. I can handle it. Um, I will tell you what I, it, honestly, it's just like, it's, it's called like the something, oh, the mind. You know what? I should the read. The mind at death or like the mind into death or something like that is what it's called. I should read you like excerpts of what I'm reading right now to have you understand how crazy it is. Okay. All right. Hold on a second. Let me look at it. Um, sing a song or something. It'll take me like five seconds. I don't have a song to sing. I'm all out of songs. Um, but I can. 
Okay, I'm back. Okay, I'm, I failed to do anything during that time. I was looking up for something interesting to read, and I don't have anything. Um, I'm trying to think of a... I'm trying to think of a good spot. It's hard to, like, just get into it. Terrence McKenna said of death, the best answer I've gotten yet is out of Don DeLillo's Underworld, where the nun discovers that when you die, you become your website. Wait, say that again? Terrence McKenna said about death, Uh the best answer I've gotten yet is out of Don DeLillo's Underworld where the nun discovers that when you die, you become your website. Yeah, that's, that's true. Hmm. Um, okay, I'll just start at the top of this page. This is the chapter on machinic heterogeneous, um, heterogenesis. In the context of reductionist modernity, it is up to us to rediscover that for every promotion of a machinic intersection there corresponds a specific constellation of universes of value from the moment a partial non-human enunciation has been instituted biological machines promote living universes which differentiate themselves into vegetable becomings animal becomings musical machines establish themselves against a background of sonorous universes which have been constantly modified since the great polyphonic mutation Uh, that's just one part yeah, I like can't follow that at all. Yeah, it's and and this is that's actually I can kind of follow that. That's not even like the book on subject the chapter on subjectivity was like um Yeah, the this pathic subjective this pathic subjectivation at the root of all modes of subjectivation is overshadowed in rationalist capitalistic subjectivity, which tends to systematically circumvent it. Science is constructed by bracketing these factors of subjectification, which achieve expression only when certain discursive links are put outside of signification. Actually, this is really funny. That part I just turned to is what reminded me that I'm reading right now of Terrence McKenna. And this is Guattari's, criticism of like how science has like been reduced because of without like being able to express or be creative in scientific experiments right yeah weird that kind of comes full circle to the beginning of what Um, we're talking about today anyway but that i i didn't i mean i can't there's some really heady sentences where i was like what and of course now i'm like i want to find them and i i can't because I honestly think the two that I just said, like, yeah, it's hard to follow, but that actually makes more sense than some of the shit I've read. Anyway. Um, uh, but no, the other thing about this this documentary, I do, I do want to talk about this because this is, like, kind of part of my idea of, like, the time wave zero and where, like, where I think, like, where I was talking about, okay, so we've, my theory is we've hit time wave zero and now we're on a self-destructive path. And, um, uh, the, the other part of this documentary talked about transhumanism, which is, um, and so the first part I'm talking about is like machines are going to take over all of our work and there will be mass suffering due to that because, um, 
in order for us to we like i don't see society being able to change to a socialist society because even in the brink right. where we're at right now people are so mind controlled by yep. how society functions like for instance how i was frustrated with that dude trying to explain what do you do if you cancel you donate money to them and i was like uh-huh. and the guy came at me he was like you're you're on you came at me hot like you were like mean to me and I was like, it's because it's so fucking frustrating that you don't think that at first because you're just so fucking brainwashed that you don't understand that. Yeah. Um, I'm brainwashed in so many ways. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, so I, and because we're at this space now and like just seeing how everyone's reacting to it and how the world is going and like we actually are like just spreading the virus, like it's, we're, we're behaving in the stupidest way. Uh huh. I know. I like, know. I know. That's why I hate us. I know. So I'm just like, I don't see that happening. I don't. I I'm like really black pilled on the idea of that there will be a revolution and that, um, like socialism will ever happen. But um, the although we are talking about it now more than it's been talked about in the United States for probably since like the last like 40s, 50s before McCarthyism. Um, right like yeah because there's a need for it so i feel like the, like we would have to reach a tipping point where enough people are suffering and like the, it, it'll have to be the people like at the top so imagine what it will take to make them suffer you know yeah i mean but i'm like think that we're more fucked than we were then because of the distribution of misinformation because think of it like if this is similar to like the 1920s well what was what was our government's answer to the 1920s we had fdr come in and and it was like the most progressive president we've ever had in the history of our country and um and of course like yeah there's a bunch of critique on fdr and with black people and like redlining and shit like that but aside from that shit that sucks um there was also you know um a mass like progressive socialist movement in the United States. And that helped us get out of the depression. And, um, and so if you think about the similarities to that, that, and, and he was not just voted, he was like overwhelmingly supported by the American voters. It wasn't like a 50, 50 election. He like won, um, by a landslide. So, um, that's like consensus, right? That's like a consensus of attitude, but here we are now and we don't have any president who is running or any politicians who are running on like a socialist progressive platform, which is needed, which is Medicare for all. We did. Oh, oh yeah. No, but he, he wasn't even given a shot. Like, dude, like he, he got like whatever. And also I've been hearing criticisms too, like of Bernie Sanders in the sense that he actually has even helped the democratic party because he brought, he brought in democratic voters who weren't like me, for instance, I registered Democrat to vote for Bernie Sanders. Like, so he like brought us in. So he was almost like a scapegoat to bring more people into the democratic party. Yeah, he he was never going to be president. They were never going to let him. Yeah, it was just a way to like yeah bring in the bring the, in more yeah people. I know. Well, I also in uh, in my mind, I have the theory that um and and no, actually, I don't know why I'm saying this. Like oh, like I'm so sick of saying things like oh, this sounds conspiracy. Th-. Like fuck everybody, <laughs> fuck 
fuck everybody. <laughs> Dude, Donald Trump is like, it, it's not like, there's, he's not like this rogue guy. Like he's, nobody becomes a president by going rogue. Like he was put there for a goddamn fucking reason. These two parties are working together. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like good guy, bad guy. Like seriously, like so many people that I talk to on a daily basis are like, thank God, thank God Joe Biden won. Like we're going to be okay. And no, like I think we are off in a better off position because these were the choices that we were presented with. So like we were like funneled like a fucking cow mm-hmm. down a chute into this situation with yeah. these people that are in power, like being fed the bullshit that it was somehow better for us when it like maybe is one of the worst things that's ever happened and i think the way but my and then again we're circling around to my point is that like how is this possible that we have all this information and that we're in the information age versus people in pre or i guess it's industrial age the 20s like farming industrial farming and shit like that um but how is it that we are dumber than them because of generations of being raised to be dumb and being fed sugar and being sat in front of a TV and then being sat in front of a phone for the last like 20 years. Um, but it's also because the internet is to be stupid or like cattle. Like we, like we are cattle. And also it's because of the information. It's the information that's fed to us. Like the internet is all misinformation. So, and like, yes. So we're unable. So in any case, I, I just really don't ever see it happening that we would whatever this was an opportunity and it didn't happen so i just like don't know what else our country needs to go through to to like realize that um capitalism is not working but like um but not only that like the future i I mean yeah maybe it needs to be like we're we reached a singularity where robots are doing everything and nobody can find work like that, that finally people are like, okay, I guess we have to do a UBI because if we don't do a UBI, we don't have any consumers because, uh, if people don't have jobs, they can't buy shit. So, um, whatever. I mean, that's the only way you can explain a UBI to, um, fucking assholes is to be like, okay, fine. Well, if robots are doing all the jobs and you can say, oh, get a coding job, there's not enough coding jobs either. There's just literally will not be enough jobs. And because of that, um, you, you, and if, and if you want people to be like buying shit, because that's how the, uh, an economy works, then you have to give them a, a universal like income or else like, they're not going to be able to buy anything. That's ex- essentially what happened with the first wave of the pandemic. They gave us that $1,200 not to pay a rent. They gave us that to buy shit. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, to speed the economy. No fucking shit. And yeah. then what happened? The stock market kept going up, 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 up. Yeah. When, yeah, I mean, it, this, was, this was the big wealth transfer of our money to the top. That's what the fuck is happening. You're right. And, like, it's, like, been just happening right in front of us. Um, yes. So anyway, I mean, I just don't see it happening. The other thing is like with uh, transhumanism is like getting to a point where like, and again, I was just thinking of this because of Mike Tyson's like anti-aging shit. And like, we are getting to a point like, I mean, it's incredible. We had like that boxing fight. Like how old is Mike Tyson? He's like 50 something. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, and it's kind of incredible that i mean it's it's incredible that he's like looks the way he looks and is able to uh-huh. fight and like that's like insane 
but not she did like stem cells and stuff yeah all this crazy shit yeah like in south america like illegal shit wow wow um so in any case um i also watched um the 2008 x-files movie um oh yeah yeah didn't we oh wait we didn't see that one together. We saw the one, um, the earlier one, the yeah, earlier one with the the bees. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and and the the lights went out during the movie. Remember that because there was a thunderstorm. I do. And everyone was like thinking it was like the X Files, like it was yeah. a conspiracy. That was fun. people run out of the theater. Yeah, it was fun. That and, was great. In any case. But um, I love Mulder and Scully so much. They're like my favorite fucking TV couple. I can't even. I love me them. too. They're they're just so perfect together. They they're the most perfect couple ever. I agree. With, I like had a crush on them in high school. Yeah, and Which, you do. As you can imagine, made me really popular. You have that, a crush that on was what I spent my time doing. Everyone did in high school, though. We we went to high yeah. school in the nineties. Everyone loved the X Files. You weren't. It was awful. You weren't unpopular. Everyone was into it. Um, thank god thank god but um yeah they are like a good-looking couple like you don't have just a crush on Mulder or just a crush on scully you have a crush on both of them both together. of them right yeah. okay at least it's not just me no it's not just you they're a beautiful couple i agree oh. uh and anyway so uh onwards anyway i was just distracted oh. because they they were doing stem cell research in the 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 2008 uh, movie is about stem cell research research oh yeah i didn't see it um, and it's about, it's also actually very transhumanist because it's about like transporting someone's head onto a, another body, which is like part of the transhumanism, like mythos is like, um, how to live forever, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in any case, um, but I mean, think about if we get to a point where, I mean, because, and it's not unrealistic that this will happen. Right. Yes, I agree. That, I mean, we're already at a point now where more people are born every day than die every day. Uh And that's a problem. And and some people say, like, this virus is, like, sort of natural selection in that way. Um, I mean, aren't all viruses? Yeah, of course. It's a yes. All viruses. Also, though, it's unfair to say that, that it's, like, here to specifically kill old people. Like, there's no telling what a virus will like who will be most vulnerable sometimes it's children sometimes it's people in their 20s with coronavirus it happens to be the elderly um so it's not really so much natural selection like killing off the elderly but you know it's just part of whatever um yeah so with the i just think that once we get to that point too it'll be like so disgusting like that like no one would be dying and and people will keep on being born and like what what there would have to be laws around birth and stuff like there would be mandates like you could only have one shot like there would be all kinds of crazy shit like you i don't know what but like that again but i think you're right i think that we would have to have a crisis first like what you're talking about before any mandates happen because people would be like but my freedom well, that I'm also fucking baby. It'll probably also most likely be something only wealthy people can afford, too. Absolutely. So it'll yeah, be like that's, for sure. that's like one way. Um, you know, it'll be whatever. But 
Yeah, it'll I mean, be controlled by that. Like only certain people will be able to do it. I think you're right about that. I and imagine I though, be able to accumulate wealth for like hundreds of years. And oh, Jesus Christ, that's We're scary. All slaves again. We're fucked. Um, but uh, yeah, and also try to imagine like imagine like so I feel resentful for people that I clean for now. Imagine how resentful a worker would feel like towards a boss you know is going to live forever. <laughs> like, um. Yeah. Absolutely. Like. I mean, I think I, I mean, there's no way, I mean, who, I mean, how enslaved do uh, people have to be? Because like, what would stop someone with that sort of resentment from just like showing up to work and shooting their boss in the head? If I mean, maybe they fucking deserve it. Yeah. If they've been alive for 200 years. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. So I think these are things like the the singularity is going to happen and um people are going to be living much longer um yeah and it's going to be really bad for there's a thought though that that our lives could be taking place in more of a virtual reality context which like what does that mean i don't know um but I wonder if that will come into play when we're talking about overpopulation and when we're talking about living like ridiculously longer than we do now. Yeah. I just like, don't know how I feel about human beings fucking with that process. Like I know, but it's not for us to decide. No, I, the I process of to me, it seems dying. Super fucked up, but like, Honestly, like, TV seems super fucked up to people when that came out. Like, the old mm-hmm. people were like, this is fucking crazy. This is an outrage. Just it'll rot your brain. Like, I mean, maybe they were right now, looking back. In the 80s, I would have been like, that's stupid. But, like, now, uh, maybe they fucking were right. Yeah. I guess my point is, like, that's how people feel about any new technology that, like, changes the status quo. You know, we already are living, like, these stupidly long lives. Like, you know, with, like, probably only half of it having, like, any equality. Yeah, and, well, the other thing is there is usually, like, I guess what's weird about now is, I I mean, maybe, I don't know, part of me wonders if we are in a stagnant evolutionary point in time. Like, because that's the other thing about evolution. There are always periods of, stag- like, non-changing. Yeah. Like, I wonder if we might be coming into that. But I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. Well, just to kind of go back a little bit to like sort of everything that's like been going on and I guess how you felt like things have been like getting worse Mm -hmm. just for a little astrological snack. Mm -hmm. um, This Jupiter Saturn conjunction. So the aspect perfects on December 21st, 2020. So that's coming up. And this is the aspect that, like, started to be an influence on January 26th of this year, which is, like, basically, like, when the pandemic started to, like, be a problem. So uh, this one astrologer, and I've seen other astrologers sort of say this, is, like, all of the shit that, like, started in January, like, is basically going to reach a peak in December, December 21st. Like, it doesn't mean anything's going to happen on that day, Mm -hmm. but it just means it will peak. So, like whatever that means. I mean, a peak could mean like we all die. I don't know. But like, probably it just means that like, it's going to be the worst around that time. And then it's going to start to like be less intense. And like, then that aspect goes away in April of 2021. So I guess what I'm saying to you is that like, 
through the lens of right now, it seems like we are going to hell in a handbasket, but like that may not, may or may not be the case. I guess in April, things are just bad right now. April's when the, the vaccine will be made available, I bet. I mean, the thing is, like, the, the that's why I keep bringing this up because, like, the fucking dates. Mm hmm. It's just too accurate. Like, it's fucking crazy. And, I mean, I always was into astrology and thought it was cool and neat and, like, maybe it's true. After this, it's, like, because of these aspects are so strong mm -hmm. and because we're seeing them so strongly and, like, there's so many stacked on top of each other to, like, make it stronger. It's, like, I feel like people in general may look back at this, like, when they look at it in terms of astrology. And I think more people really will, if they get exposed to this, be like, oh, maybe there is something to that. So um, you're saying the the like astrological align the planetary alignments are like hyper stacked on each other more so than they usually there are. Is, like yes, like there has been a lot more. So what I just mentioned, this like Jupiter Saturn thing, is just like one thing that's going on right now, and it's a major one. But there's there happen to have been like a number of like huge major things like that that went on this year. So it's like there's like Mars retrograde happened, and like Mars was like in a conjunction. I don't remember. I think it was like in a conjunction with Saturn, like while it was retrograde. And meanwhile, Saturn's in a conjunction with Jupiter and also Pluto. Like all of this, like these things are like happening all at once that usually like have in recent history have been like spread out. Hmm, but like when you look at history, they've all coincided with like these major events. But then you, it's like you put them all on top of each other and you get this mismatch that we have going on right now. Mm -hmm. um, so again, you have like cycles, right? And now they're all aligning to like stack on top of each other to the point that it's like so strong that like the intense in the world, the, 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 what's happening in the world is so intense. And like, you can also see it more than like the rest of our lifetimes of astrology. Cause like really maybe nothing was happening that was that intense astrologically. Time wave zero. Well, that's the other thing. It's like, I, I think it's just interesting, like, when we're talking about cycles to bring it back into astrology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, we probably should yeah, wrap it up. We should. It was, we've been talking for, yeah, this is a really long episode, two hours and 43 minutes. Um, so I guess we should do the, in conclusion, we should do the suicide hotline. I mean, if you're listening for this long, if you're still listening, um, you know, uh, I forgot. Why are thinking about suicide? <clears throat> I forgot the. Um, I forgot the um, phone number. Hold on. How could you forget? Uh, phone number. It's one eight hundred. Oh. The suicide hotline phone number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, and that is a national suicide prevention lifeline for anyone who's been interested in who's been listening to our podcast or even is interested in it. You probably do have suicidal ideation, if not suicidal. Um, plan so I, that's a good uh, get on the horn with that organization and um, if you guys don't oh sorry um, this ad this ad just started to play um, sorry if that makes you suicidal um, <laughs> ads kind of do uh, but I was trying to play some tool vicarious here oh nice I like it um, on our, on our way out of the podcast and, uh, also, you know, uh, you should join our Patreon, uh, at patreon.com forward slash two hosts from Delco number two, H O E S F R O M 
H, wait, two hoes, yeah, from, okay, yeah, Delco, D-E-L-C-O. And, oh, sugar they've been feeding you. Yeah, you should, yeah, I ate a bunch of cookies and had, like, a cider at the beginning of this podcast. Um, so, yeah, you, uh, you should join our Patreon for $5 a month. We'll send you, like, stickers, and you get, like, an extra, you get an extra podcast from us. And uh, we also, let's see, you get an extra podcast and we're more racist on the Patreon podcast. So if you wanted to cancel us in any way or make us apologize, you want you want access to that podcast. And also we don't actually have a Patreon. I haven't set it up yet. She's a liar. I haven't set it up yet. Um, but if you want us to apologize for anything that we said on this podcast, Please write us. We're on Twitter. Our Twitter names, I'm at Beth Heinley. B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N-L-Y. And Marine's um, Twitter is at Mocom99. At M-O-C-U-M. Just one M. Even though her last name is coming and has two M's in it. 99. And if there's anything you want us to apologize for, please write us and ask us um, to apologize because we are white white women and it's what we're good at is saying that we're sorry and we have a lot to apologize for because we're white women and we're also straight Mm -hmm. I haven't said I haven't said this in a while, but we're Marie and I are like fairly attractive. Um, yeah, yeah, like have it, I've definitely gotten things because of my looks. Yeah, me too. And <laughs> also, um, we're not that skinny, but we're thin. We're also yeah, rel- I mean, like not obese for sure. Like, yeah, normal. Yeah, we're normal. Um, I would say I'm like a size 10. I think you're skinny. You're really skinny. You're in like actually brick check house shape from when you're buying from all the time cleaning. Yeah, I'm... It's not getting getting yourself credit. I'm a size 4. I mean, that's little. I'm a size four. Actually, that some people that you know are really into people who are thin think that a size four is fat. Like you really want to be a size two, ideally. Um, I never up this do that because I just don't have that thin of a waist. So even if like my ass got really thin, my waist like wouldn't be the size six forever. Oh, okay. Um, back in the day when, you know, I used to give a shit and watch my weight. Now, I mean, I don't want to get fat, but, like, I don't focus on that. Huh. Uh, and, you know, uh, yeah, so just write us if you want us to apologize for anything. And thank you for listening. And please do call the suicide hotline if you're feeling suicidal at this time. And we care about you. We're here to listen. I mean, well, you're here to listen to us and but we're here for you to feel like we're listening to you and that we're your friends. Okay. If you're your friends, you can pretend we are your friends. Um this song is eight minutes long. Yeah it's pretty yeah you don't have to play the whole thing. Or do you? Alright, bye Marina. I'm not gonna call you after here. That's fine. I have to make dinner.
Bye, bye, bye everyone. Terrence McKenna, woo! Bye, Marina. I love you. I, uh, I love you. Uh, bye. bye. <laughs>